Hello and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'll be your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelists Michael Huber. Hello. Michael Damiani. Yo. My console unboxing co-moderator, Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. Distinguished guests, we are here to talk about some of the biggest news in the world of video games. A happy Halloween to everybody this weekend. But before we do that, we got to correct all of the mistakes we made last week. Daniel Bloodworth, begin corrections music, please. Boop. I do this every single time. I apologize, Huber. I will commit it to memory, just like the date of when the NPDs come out. It's just Nintendo that doesn't do digital sales for the NPDs. Everybody else does. Crash Bandicoot 4 came out on October 2nd, and the NPD for September covers sales until October 4th, since the last week of September ended on October 4th, so Crash's four, Crash 4 sales were for its first weekend, which is why it didn't show up. We were surprised. Um, or where it did. So take all that with a grain of salt every time we do NPDs, and I will commit that to memory next time we do it. Uh, I goofed on three things. One, timestamps didn't update last week in the Sunday episode. Apologies for that. Uh, the team scores are Penguins 15, Scorpions 12. Penguins got one more point. Uh, that was from Kevboard Arts, who, who watches our bets very closely, closer than anyone, Excellent. including myself or anyone on this podcast. And number three, <laughs> I referenced, well, you know, I said they're going to be making some games down there in reference to Rockstar Dundee. Huh. But if you think about the way the Earth is... Down there could mean anything. Down there, over there, down no. at the Piggly Wiggly. You know, it's just. No. There's only one Saying down there and works. speaking with an Australian accent. There's I only one that... spot on Earth where that works, Jones. And I don't know. The North I, you know, Pole. And correct. The North Pole, you can say any step you take, any direction, is down or south. Yeah, well, Other than that, it doesn't work. Didn't this North Pole move? <laughs> Things are in flux right now, okay? <laughs> it's incorrect. maybe. And, okay, we're doing yeah. Seriously, is it still there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, did anyone check yet? <laughs> There's a lot of excitement happening right now because next-gen consoles are coming out. The holidays are coming up. There's a lot of reasons to be happy, but even so, I want to look at some of the biggest silver linings in games, one specifically that I really love this month. Thank you from our patrons providing these from Chris Brown. All the way back in February 2019, Respawn dropped Apex Legends on the world seemingly out of nowhere. What you might not have known was that the game was launched several hours late. Does anyone know this? Anyone on this podcast know this? As it turns out, the lead programmer on the, programmer on the game, John Shearing, was able, unable to be there because he was in court at the time they had planned to launch. Knowing how important he was to the team and the game, Respawn decided to push the launch time back by several hours so that he could be there. Why was he needed in court? He was finalizing his daughter's adoption. It was an amazing morning for me and my family, he shared on Twitter. That's why Apex launched at the strange time, because Respawn prioritized my family first. Hmm. A wonderful thought maybe going into some of the headlines tonight. <laughs> maybe wow. companies have kind of more stringent schedules that they have to keep. Uh, we will see. We will talk about that. But it's time to talk about next gen. This might not be a huge topic, but gosh darn it, it's something that we need to talk about because when we recorded last week's episode, there was no unboxing of consoles. There was no consoles being in places where people were checking stuff out, so people got early glimpses. But as of today... Easy Allies is in possession of both, at least one, Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. Um, Blood, you've been going nuts with your coverage. You can check out our unboxing videos if you have not seen those yet. Kudos to you and Ian and everybody that's been in the office producing all of that content. But specifically, Huber and Damiani, have either of you touched either of these consoles? Nope. Yeah, the PS5. How does yeah, it feel? Yeah, Damiani is there. Damiani, how does it nice. feel? Well, the controller, I actually didn't touch the system whatsoever, like oh. physically. No, I didn't touch the system. Is that a safety precaution? But, because uh, we did go to the, the studio to do this, so I understand. <laughs> uh, I, I, but I mean, I played with the DualSense, and yeah, 
I thought it felt great, honestly. It was probably my favorite feeling PlayStation controller to date. Wow. Nice. So not just the not just the haptic stuff, not just the adaptive technology that they've added to it, but actually just the ergonomics of the controller. Yeah, like the, 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 that, yeah, PS, the that DualShock 4. Mm. Well, right. the, just the way it feels in my hands when I grip it. Like the grips. They did a really good job with that. So I uh, I, I really dig it so far. Do you get nice. nervous about co controllers, Huber? How they're going to feel for next gen? You're stuck with these things for years. Definitely. I remember, though, PS3 like remodeled it. Remember the 6-axis before the DualShock? Right. Uh, so... Yeah, it's a big deal because this is your your controller for you know many many years until you get new ones or they remodel them or, or revise them or whatever. So yeah, it's a big deal. But I've heard nothing but really good things so far about the DualSense. So I'm pumped on that. Daniel Bloodworth did touch the console. How does it feel? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm trying to think about like where where the line is of what I can say and what can I can't say. Uh, I guess. Yeah, putting putting the base on is a little weird. I, I'll say that either either way that you go about it, it's it's a bit more secure if you stand it up uh, vertically. Um, if you put it horizontally, it feels a little like it it it's sort of floppy <laughs> underneath yeah. the there. Um, but yeah, the the console itself it's 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 a big it's a big boy. Uh, they're both kind of big boys in their own way. Like the Series X is smaller, but it's still pretty heavy feeling. Um, so it just feels like like a dense, like it's like you know, like a piece of steel or something. You know, <laughs> like an ingot, the Xbox ingot. <laughs> and ingot. Nice. That's a good console name. <laughs> um, I just imagine you slotting that in in Minecraft. It's like, oh, I got a Series X. Clunk. You know, I can I can forge this thing now. Um. But yeah, you know, for some people they say whatever. I'm putting this game into my this console on my shelf. I'm not going to think about it later. But you know, for us, we're going to be moving stuff. You know, especially if you're one, like one of the only people in your friend group or on a block that has this console, you might be seeing yourself traveling with this. So you know, this this type of system, if they release a slim version of the PlayStation, they can't call it a slim because it's still going to be like bigger than most consoles that we've had in the past. Um, do you think, I think we'll still get call it a slim? But yeah, yeah. I, I don't Slimmer. know if there's ever like an official name on any of them, anyways. Um, do you see them desperately trying to, just like we've speculated long about a, a new upgraded, more powerful Switch, do you think a smaller PS5 is something that they see in, in their future, something they know consumers might want? Oh, yeah, most likely. Yeah, it's it's something that they'll they'll work on and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it pans out, you know, because it's, it's interesting how each generation, they can be a bit different because, you know, you had something... You know, you look at something like the PlayStation 4 Pro, um, and that is like, that's a huge, like, that's an upgrade, right? That's a huge deal. But then you look at, like, the PlayStation 3, and it was just, like, constantly making it smaller and cheaper and, like, l less features, right? <laughs> they took out a bunch of USB ports, and then they, like, made this weird, like, slidey cover o over the oh disk drive. Oh, my gosh, the slidey cover. <laughs> yeah. And so, you, you never really know. I, I think that the the PS One was pretty cool. The like really tiny PlayStation, mm -hmm. the first one. Love uh, that one. And I ended up not getting a PlayStation Two until the, that one had a slim. Love that. Slim. And that is a great little slim, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, but same kind of thing. It was like a little pop open disc cover. Um, so, 
since they're already launching with two versions, the digital and the disc version, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious where where the corner cutting will be because the the, the size of the thing is obviously made for heat, so they would need to have a a different way of mitigating that heat. And we'll get into details when we talk about finances a little bit later in the podcast. But, you know, Huber, they both, both Microsoft and Sony have said, like, there's no doubt we're losing money on this, this system. That's not, that's, okay. that, that's not what our 2021 or 20, you know, that's not what our, our next fiscal quarters are going to look like. But the investment yeah. is going to be worth it. Before we move on, Blood, so you have checked out both these consoles. We do have unboxing videos that we do think you should check out because you did get into this in great detail. But for both these systems, did anything stand out as surprising? Was there anything just actually physically looking at the in the packaging or the the UI or anything about using either of these systems? You were like, "Huh, interesting decision." Let's see how that the plays packaging out. was surprising. I think a little bit on both of them because uh, on PlayStation side, you know, they made a big deal of everything being like more uh, recyclable friendly, and I think what maybe that comes down to is that like they. I could be wrong on this, but most of the boxes are, are they have like this sleeve approach. So they have like a s sleeve with all of the pictures and stuff on the outside of an actual cardboard box. And I think that maybe like putting color and printing on cardboard is, does make it harder to recycle. It's easier to recycle just plain white cardboard. Um, so yeah, so it's a little interesting with that, which is like sliding these sleeves off of them and then actually getting into the boxes. Uh, and then on the the Xbox side, that thing is just, it's its like you, you got a, like a really like, you, you took something and you got it like gift wrap it like a boutique. Like they really made it mm. fancy to open that thing up. And uh, yeah, that that's not something I was expecting. Like it just, it had a little, little wrapper around it and everything. The premier service. Well, isn't that yeah. Microsoft in this gen? You know what I mean? They can't get the big <laughs> exclusives, so they just want to make the consumers happy. You know, they want you to think, that's coming to Game Pass? Well, I already have Game Pass. Thank you, Microsoft. Makes sense. It follows along. But Huber, you're like me. We haven't touched either of these things. We're still... Mm -hmm. We're still waiting, you know, to, to join that next gen, uh, the, the fervor to play these games, to touch these controllers. Do you feel like the conversation's changed at all? Where are we at na now with next gen, where a couple days ago, you know, people had these consoles yet, but they couldn't really say anything. The embargo lifts, you know, for Sony one day, Xbox the, ne the, the next day, people are like, hey, I'm checking these out. We're, we're finding about cool things. Are, are people happier about next gen now? Is it about the same? Feels about the same. Feels like the calm before the storm right now. Uh, you know, the unboxing... Right now, it's a storm before the storm for me. Y yeah. <laughs> for for you, for sure. Do I do all this? <laughs> uh, yeah, it just feels like the only, the only thing you can really... The only thing I'm really thinking about is the size of these things. You know, before they're mm -hmm. in my hands, before people can boot these up and get to the good stuff, which is how well the games run, how fast they run, how just nice and smooth and easy everything is. Just thinking about where the hell I'm going to put this. <laughs> and and yeah, that, that's, that's, that's where my mind is at right now. You know, you were talking about earlier, just like moving it from room to room, like capturing and just like, you know, my living room is pretty contained. So this thing is... It's been like weighing on me. Just like, where am I going to put this? You, you know, are blood you going to be intimidated? You know, when that thing is 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 you know 
powering up its fan and this giant blue light is illuminating all over your living yeah. room. Like, are you just going to kind of, is it going to take a while to adjust? Yeah, you know, I get I get freaked out. You know, I wipe my things with diapers. Uh, you know, my Vita is many, many years old and still has no fingerprints on it because I'm just so careful with my equipment. So I'm just like nervously anxious right now, I think. That's where I'm at. Fair. That's my next gen watch. Anxiety. <laughs> I, I've just been trying to figure out what what is like the main thing because there's just like a ton of small details. That's like the the biggest thing about unboxing. It's just all those that, that minutia. But I'm trying to figure out what are like the big things that they're talking about for each of these systems. And Damiani for PS5, it seems like the controller. It's just you know like almost universal. Just everybody's like, oh man, when you when that when that adaptive PS5 controller fights back, it changes things. Um, I don't know if you can necessarily speak to that in detail, but like, are you hearing that too? Do you get a the sense controller that is like one of the few things that we can speak to detail? One of the main things, yeah. right? But I mean, it, it's it, it's not just it doesn't feel like an embargo, you know, hold. It feels like people have been like, I've been dying to tell you that it really is a difference. Granted, that incites a lot of talk with people. Like, it's the same thing as VR. It doesn't mean anything to me if I don't have the thing in my hands. But what do you think, Damiani, about this? Yeah, well, for, I mean, for the, platformers the first, too, a new a new controller. Yeah, well, the, the adaptive trigger triggers. Sorry, how they were working as well as they did that was the amount of resistance that they put on that uh that they pushed back but also sony i think they said today that they're also going to allow people to adjust that so for accessibility Mm -hmm. because they know uh uh, certain people will not be able to just push down that hard Mm -hmm. so they're like okay we understand that that's not going to work for everybody so the fact that they're a confident they can do that but it also by default, feels pretty good. It, 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 I was like, "Wow, this uh, this is taking a little bit of effort to do." I didn't I didn't know a controller, you know, could do this. Without, like, I was worried it was gonna break it or something. It's so, so stiff, and I was like, "Okay, yeah." Like Blood's analogy of like the the lighter thing was like perfect for that that we used uh, in our impressions video. But uh, like just like the tilting and stuff. At least in uh, we can talk about this in Astrobot, the the level we played. The fact that it works so well that I didn't have to think about it. I didn't, I mm-hmm. forgot very quickly I was even using any form of like motion to control a character. And I was like, it, it's I'm just using a controller. It feels natural. It felt really good. And that was probably the most surprising thing is it works so well. You're doesn't make you aware of the things you're doing. So that that's a pretty good sign, honestly. Bloodworth, the biggest thing for me that seems to be coming out of the Xbox camp is backwards compatibility and just next gen up res like there seems just like so much talk now about sure. like what these games meant in their own gen plus you know versus last gen versus the new gen uh and just what you know um apparently they you can get to this later in the podcast as well but uh they announced that all anything that worked on xbox one now works on uh xbox series x um or do you do you concur that that seems to be one of the major positives coming out of uh, microsoft just in terms of these early impressions i can concur that that's the news story that's going around i can't say anything other than what's in the unboxing in terms of my own experience with we're the here machine. to t- <laughs> <laughs> fine only referencing news stories in the easy Alice well podcast. jones too the the playstation was hitting back on that as well because we heard about faster load times for last of us on ps4 randomly 70% faster Mm -hmm. and God of War having a performance mode like targeting 60 frames so up until a couple weeks ago I was really in the dark about PS5's backwards compatibility but right now I'm feeling really good about it really confident uh just all the all the games that they said will work in the disc version Mm -hmm. so I think they're kind of trying to match because yeah Microsoft's been 
crushing that front single like just dominating uh so it's been interesting now as we get closer to for sony to come out with their big two of their biggest games ever last of us and god of war and focusing on those well and and, uh i know you're gonna bring it up later but the whole uh playstation plus collection like all those ps4 games that you're just going to be able to download whether you bought them before or not if you're a playstation plus member their final list was 20 games wow 20 games i think yeah it's pretty beefy um, and they're all yeah it's just Bloodborne Uncharted like it's all there's all they're all good stuff um, yeah I just it seems like a lot of I'm seeing a lot of people lament not being able to check out Demon Souls I'm seeing a lot of PC fans that are like I wanted to get that graphics card so I'm not gonna get you know the PlayStation right away and I'm not gonna play it but I got so many other things to check out Xbox owner saying the same thing like I'm gonna have so much on Game Pass there's gonna be so much and I'm gonna be curious to see uh, if it's up res. So it's interesting to have a really black and white situation with a lot of PlayStation owners where they're like, I get Miles Morales or I don't. Whereas a lot of Xbox people are like, do I get an S? Do I get an X? Do I still play this on Xbox One? Should I play it on PC? A lot more nuance to their decision making where Sony's like, <laughs> buy it. <laughs> um, but then it's just, you know, th- th- this has been a slowly ramping up conversation. I was just curious specifically how that changed this week because some of you touched it, man. And uh, that's something that, you know, I mean, it's, it's literally, I could... I could, you know, this podcast is usually about an hour and a half long. I could get my car right now, still be recording. By the end of this podcast, I could get back. I could drive to the office and touch it right now. But <laughs> as Blood insinuated, we're doing a lot of stuff. We're very busy with various projects here at the Easy Ally. So I will get to it. It is in the calendar when I am actually physically going to touch both of those systems. Smell them too, of course. This week, Cyberpunk 2077 was delayed 21 days to December 10th. Shocking. Yeah. It's weird, Huber. I'm shocked. It's a yeah, I don't know weird about shocking, but weird for me. Yeah. Delay. I am shocked. Why are you shocked? You don't like to go gold and then have yeah. two delays. <clears throat> that's uh, 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 Seed Project Red says passing certification or going gold means the game is yeah. ready, can be completed, and has all the content in it. But it doesn't mean we stop working on it and raising the quality bar. Hmm. Why tell us it goes gold then? I mean, that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <it's... laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just didn't expect it. Even with all the delays for the game, you know, they're the, the narrative they were writing about not crunching and then going gold and having to go back on that. Like there's been so much. I thought, okay, now it's finally locked in. They came out, they were ahead of it. They addressed it head on. Uh, so it's just very, very surprising. Blood. I'm st- my excitement for cyberpunk 2077 has never wavered. It's never dropped. It's only gone up, 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 up this whole time. But Damn, blood! This the finishing this game is one of the premier dramas of of 2020. Just yeah. in terms of game development, in terms of actually like trying to pull off whatever you're trying to pull off in 2020, and actually making it happen. I thought consoles were going to get delayed more than this one game. You know, um, it would be so 2020 for Cyberpunk to get pushed to 2021. It's <laughs> like no. Is the, as somebody who's <laughs> extremely excited about this game, Blood, is this messing with your head at all? Was this how did you how did you feel emotionally when you when that yellow thing you know scrolled up on your Twitter feed? <laughs> and you're like, not again. I mean, I felt relief because obviously, you know, a huge game like that is not something you want to deal with in the midst of a dozen other next gen games. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, it. it it definitely all of this stuff in the past month or so in particular has definitely made it feel a little weird. It is it definitely made it's definitely starting to creep into like the you know the the mental space of how I'm going to enjoy this game, you know, and and hoping that 
you know, hoping everything pays off, you know, because, you know, it, it does sound like, you know, people had been asked to work this extra time and you're like, okay, well, you'll, you'll get through it and then you'll have your launch period and then it'll, you know, it'll start to reduce. But it's like, nope, just added three more weeks onto all of that. So it's, yeah, that's, that's rough. I think it's rough to think that like you're closer to the finish line and then it just it gets extended on you. But Damiani, um, it's this damn current gen. The biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen, and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test nine versions of it. Nine versions, everybody. Xbox One X, compatibility on Xbox Series XS, PS4, and Pro, compatibility on PS5, PC, and Stadia while working from home. So, I mean, come on. But, what I, I mean, I'm sure you have a point, Damiani, but it's like, if you're Activision releasing Call of Duty, are you like, duh. <laughs> like, we just, everyone's doing that. What are you talking about? I mean, I, I think, uh, to me, this just makes it clear that there are probably significant performance issues with the current-gen versions of this game. This mm -hmm. game is clearly mm -hmm. meant to be played on the higher-end machines. Uh, it clearly is probably meant to be played on a PC when it comes out. <laughs> uh, I, I want to be so sure about like the Xbox One X and PS4 Pro versions of this. I wouldn't be surprised to see some potential issues. But the base versions... I think you're going to see a lot of reports. I mean, unless this delay is enough to help them, I think it was just not good enough. I mean, Same. you don't delay it this close. I feel like, especially after you say, you can use all the technicalities you want. Historically, you say something goes gold, there is not a delay that follows. Day one patch, sure. You know, some kind of like, something after release is discovered, sure, you do a patch after. This is, this is very abnormal. And... I think it is because the base versions of this on the old uh, current gen systems, there's probably severe, serious performance issues they're still trying to work out. And if it came out that date, it probably would have been like dominating the media headlines. And they didn't want that. They probably just wanted it to a place where it's like stable at the very least. Sure. Uh, well, yeah. And, you know, when we, you know, when we got Witcher 3, you know, particularly on consoles, you know, we saw a lot of issues there as well. And I'm curious whether that means we'll see that same kind of thing repeat, you know, and, and when Cyberpunk comes out, there's going to be a lot of weird stuff that, you know, gets patched out over the next few weeks and months. Or if they're like, hey, we don't want that to happen again. And so they're trying to like iron out everything that they can before that thing hits the shelves, you know, and but it's yeah, it, it it's it's going to take seeing it in, in action and seeing where it actually, how it pans out. And the fact is that they still don't even have like real PlayStation five and Xbox series X versions, right? Like yeah. that is still coming later. You know, it's like you can play it on your new system, but it's not, it's not got all the bells and whistles that, you know, you would expect from it, from a new game on a new console. So yeah, it's super weird. It's super weird. Um, I think, I think too, I think they even mentioned this in the statement that, you know, they, they are struggling with the work from home situation and all of that on, on top of everything else. Um, even the preview events, we kind of saw, saw that and, and how crazy that had to go down. And so, yeah, it just, it kind of goes back to sort of where my conclusion was, you know, when they, they, the last time that this was part of the news is that like you need to wait to 
announce your date. Like the industry should be better about you need to wait on. to announce your date. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> once, Bloodworth. I want that on a poster. <laughs> especially because there's been so many dates. I don't even remember all the dates. Like eighty three, yeah, you know? so on many the dates. Wall, like a warning sign, blood. <laughs> Remember, kids, <laughs> blood says before before you watch a press conference, listen listen to blood words. But it's like, if you, especially when you're well, going to delay it for a second time or a third time, then it's just like, just, right, just, just stop, get it done. Yeah. Well, that's your date. Practice makes perfect, blood. And it's like if you're EA, if you're Ubisoft, if you're Activision, next gen is just you, it's in your calendar. With like like the PS6 is already in Activision's calendar. They know. They're like, we know COD's got to be ready. We know EA's like, we know Madden's got to be ready. Ubisoft's we know Assassin's Creed's got to be yeah, ready. Yeah, but you see the thing about a COD or a Madden or a NBA is they will ship those games broken. Well, yeah, that's, they, they, yes. they will sacrifice yeah. one of those right. versions for sure. But we only get a game from the studio like every six, eight years. Are they just yeah. bad? Are they bad at launching stuff because they're just rusty? <laughs> you know, like. Dude, I mean, Witcher 1 and 2 both had enhanced editions, and Witcher 3 launched in a different landscape, and it had a rough stumbling out of the gate yeah. on consoles for a good month. I remember I played it on, on just PS4 at the time, and for a month, it was a little shaky. So I think, yeah, I think their games are just so ambitious, dude. Like, Cyberpunk is more next-gen to me than all these next-gen launch games. <laughs> so I think with just all the things I need to do, especially during working at home, um, I can see that it's got delayed. But like Blood says, gotta wait before you announce your date. Huber, before you got into journalism, would you take work off for a game? Like, would you talk to a boss and be like, I got, I can't, I or like, you know... Take, take, you know, emergency measures. Because this is a theme I've seen come up a lot. Obviously, there's lots of repercussions here. But, like, mm -hmm. a major complaint that I've seen is they're like, I got to talk to my boss for the third time and tell them, like, mm -hmm. I'm taking this this time off. And, like, I don't know I don't know who to advise there. I don't know if that's, like, a point your finger at Cyberpunk and be like, this guy with his job. Or if it's just, like, that's another thing you don't do. You know, like, is that another rule that it's, like, you just can't bet that much on a date, even even if you have... Because there's this tweet floating around that I, you know, I would love to give credit to the guy who tweeted it, who was like, "Wait, are we good after the last delay?" And Cedar Project Red's like, two days ago was like, "We're good," you know. And I'm like, ah, I was gonna take time off. Should we have any sympathy, Huber, for these poor people who Taking now are stuck time with off? This Absolutely time not. Off. That All is right. that is so that is so much privilege right there. Just taking off work for a game. Sure. At most, I think I ditched class when Arkham Asylum came out. That's respect. That's yeah. I was in college at the time, respect. and I had like one class that day. I was like, I'm not going. I'm just going down to the mall, picking up Asylum, and calling it a day. Um. Yeah. So I, I don't. Like I understand it, but. This is, I'm just, I'm still shocked. It's a lot of delays. But there's just so many, like for me, there's just so many things to keep me occupied. Like a delay will never get under my skin. It will never bother me because there's 153 million video games <laughs> and movies to watch and play. So really, like Blood, Blood earlier started this with saying he was relieved. And, and honestly, with all the, the next gen hype coming up in a couple weeks like me too i'm, I'm kind of relieved like just mm. it's something that has ex the game has existed for so long yeah. in my brain i'm just kind of waiting until it comes out and it's on my screen and then i'll then i'll get hyped then i'll open the floodgates of hype so 
I'm just never really bothered. Four dates, though. <laughs> Four it's dates. a lot of dates. <laughs> the last one was November 19th. Uh, I think and if you did have a good point, though, about, you know, them just not having the practice of releasing games because, you yeah. know, they, they, I mean, there's been talk, like, they were working on additional games, but the only ones that ever, I ever saw come to light were, you know, Gwent and Thronebreaker, which were essentially one game that was split into two, which, again, it's in a, its own Fair. way, yeah. a, a, a poorly launched game. You know, it's like, it's like oh, <laughs> we've got to make two of these. Sure. We shouldn't launch this as the same game. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, there is, there's definitely some something there, you know, and I, and, and it's weird because, you know, as, as a player, you know, who's, who's played their games, like there is a clear step up every time that they've released a game, right? Like Witcher 2 is an amazing step forward compared to the original game. Witcher 3 is an amazing step forward compared to Witcher 2. And so that's the expectation, but then it's like, how do you, yeah, how do you project manage that? You know, I I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I would. You know, I won't be surprised if if people are deciding to leave after this because it is it is crazy town, trying to to figure all this out. That's yeah. My I wonder how much CD Projekt Red's going to learn from the last couple of years. All of these headlines, all this stuff. That's so like when Ian shared on Slack. He's just like, I'm exhausted with just everything that's happened like around this game, um, at least just in this last year. And if you're curious about those consequences, two things that stood out to me: uh, their share price fell by 25 percent since its peak at the end of August. So in two months, they've dropped a quarter. Uh, which is not hot, and uh, this pushes it past consideration for the Game Awards. So it will compete in 2021 with all of those people. Again, that's just one I'm award skeptical show. skeptical that it was in the running to begin with. It was pretty much on the line. Yeah. It was on the line, but, you know, it, 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 uh, people it can get line. people get advanced <laughs> stuff. You know Keeley's beaten it already, you know? That's not the question. <laughs> Once it goes, that's what going gold really means. When it goes gold, that's when Keeley gets his copies that day. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first person is the developer to hold the disc, and then they hand it off directly to Keeley. Um, I think all the uh, delays, though, increase expectations even more. I think people are going to be like... Waited, waited which, for this. Which now, all, now people are ready to no, sure. to pile on. Yeah, I think. Which is all. More, I'll steer yeah. that right over to Damiani. Which is like yeah. this isn't going to affect sales. This isn't going to. We'll we'll chuckle at this whenever the next gen versions come out. And we're like, oh, remember what weird state this game was in when it launched? You know, that prevented it from getting tens in a lot of weird places. But uh, yeah, do you think uh, any any aside from share cost? Do you think uh, any permanent damage done here, Damiani? I mean, I think the one. One thing that might happen is once the game launches, one, internally, I could see a bunch of developers maybe have had enough with the, the development of this game, potentially. So they might say, all right, like, there's been the stories back and forth about it's been horrible crunch. No, this is standard for over here, back and forth and that. It's like there's like a big exodus or a decent amount of exodus of people after that because we're burnt out from working here. I mean, they might lose talent. It just may be a talent thing. Um, obviously, their current situation with COVID and stuff and how, you know, it's on the rise over there in Europe again as well. I don't know when that will be when someone has the luxury of, I can, I can just go to a different developer, get a different job. It might not be so easy right now, but that might be telling is if there's any internal changes at CD Projekt Red uh, after the launch of, C of Cyberpunk. Um, I don't think... I think how the game handles content might have some repercussions. They do, they do have a lot of eyes on them for 
um, how they'll betray characters and gender identities in the game. Um, they've come under fire for that a few times, but obviously, like, the finished product is not out there yet, so you will judge it on the final product that comes out and see how it is. So that potentially, that's, you know, game could run flawlessly, but, you know, if it has some problematic content in there, that might be a stigma they're not able to shake. Right. It's been something they've been able to shake pretty well so far. They've, like had so many of these misfires socially and yet yeah. they're still like you know just like they're trucking along they're like yeah we're still fine we're good everything's going well but i think if the final the final game has some problems with it it might that might be the problem the, the thing that finally cracks that impenetrable shield they have there and yeah but this performance stuff if like the base versions of the game are just like atrocious or something on like ps4 and xbox and you need a minimum a pro or Xbox One to even get it to run decently. There might be some loss of faith uh, because it's been such. This is probably their highest profile release. This has been one that's had multiple. It's had multiple delays, so it's only like making it more highly anticipated. Which means, as you said, they're also going to be high, like more sc highly scrutinized about yeah. this. So I think the pressure. There's a lot of pressure on them to deliver. So maybe that was in the end. It was like, let's take a little bit more time because we have to get this right. Like. This is going to be our most highly scrutinized game. In their in their statement, it seemed like they were surprised by next gen. They were like, and then this next gen came out of nowhere. So we were like, well, I guess we're making a next gen version. <laughs> next gen came out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah, anybody see that next gen <laughs> just crashed into our studio? Um, but yeah, it and it's tough because you said that you, you're hoping there's going to be changes to the studio, but we're not going to find out about those for their six to eight years whenever they release, you know, whatever uh, you know their next projects are going to be. Um, it's funny being on this end of it, Jones, because. Uh, you know, when this game was announced, however many years ago, like five, six, seven now, when that teaser came out, an extra couple months to them is probably nothing because, like Damiani was saying, they got to get these current gen versions right, where on where like the consumer is just like more delays, more months, more months. Sure. When when on, from their perspective, it's like not. All this Very came long. after two just fantastic E3 showings. Everything seemed great. You know, every time we this, this game would show up, right. we'd be like, "Wow, they are." They're they're ready, you know. Like this this thing really looked the game. This looks like a capable game, and these aren't like competitors. But it's like Damiani at the beginning of the year, you were convinced we were getting both a new Zelda and a new Mario this year, uh, and Mario had a good year. But it's like the our our concept of like what this Q four could have looked like has been stripped uh, to Halo, Halo Infinite. They have to stop it. Halo Infinite. You know, all these things that were going to happen this year but are stripped away. Right. Cyberpunk still, they're sticking Full. the landing and it's going to be a bumpy road, but they're, it's happening in 2020. So I think it's just, it's like you said, that scrutiny. It's like Last of Us 2. We're going to go through the same ringer again with that we went through with Last of Us 2, Huber, where it's just, it's so big, people can't help but be emotional. People are canceling pre-orders for a 21-day delay. They got there that close, three weeks There's away. There's so many other things to play until then. Like, I don't believe them, oh but they're saying gosh. that. I'm seeing that sentiment a lot. Yeah. Um, Here are your backlogs for 21 days. <laughs> um, and uh, in a very smart move to wrap this up, Path of Exile 3.13 expansion moved from December 11th to January of 2021. <laughs> no specific date. <laughs> Get out of the like, way. Get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Get um, off the road. Yeah. <laughs> Get off the road. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello Fresh. I 
am a little bit frustrated because I wanted this sponsor, darn it. It got sent to Ian, who's not on the podcast this week, but he does have an update for everybody in just a second. But this is this speaks to me because these are easily prepared meals. This is a service that you can get that will just take care of your diet for you. It's fantastic. I don't have to think. They just like send me delicious, healthy stuff. But I'm moving, darn it. I'm in a rental right now. And I'm like, ah, it's probably bad if you put this address on there. But man, next time HelloFresh comes around. I'm definitely jumping on that instead of Ian, who I will get to in a second, but I wanna tell you about HelloFresh. You can get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. Save time, money, and stress effortlessly. HelloFresh offers convenient delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make with simple steps and procedures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and getting dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or even less. I don't mind going to a grocery store. It's fine. It's fun. You socialize. It's fun things. Really good candy at the grocery store. That, that meal plan, though. Forget about it. Forget about it. I got to go to the grocery store to get my mellow cream pumpkin, so I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'll make that trip. Meal planning, though. You can save 40% by using HelloFresh versus shopping at your local grocery store, and it's more convenient, too. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes, like their balsamic fig sirloin, are over 60% cheaper than an average meal. Also record this podcast before I eat dinner, so it's rough reading this. Um, so you can enjoy restaurant-quality dinner for less. HelloFresh offers delicious, nutritious variety delivered. HelloFresh offers so many delicious options every week to help you break out of your recipe rut and try new things. There's something for everyone, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and kid-friendly recipes. HelloFresh delivers fresh, high-quality, pre-portioned ingredients, so you can make meals that are delicious and nutritious. Over 90% of ingredients are sourced directly from growers to ensure the freshest recipes are delivered to your door. They also help you eat more sustainably. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet. The packaging HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content. Since they offset their operations, travel, and shipping emissions, HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery-made meals. Meals. Take it away, mm. Ian Hink, who actually tried out the product. Hello, everybody. Ian here. I actually received the HelloFresh product um, at my address, so here I am to tell you about what I got. It came in a box with some ice pack things. It was very well put together. Each meal is individually wrapped in a bag, and it comes with these cool, like, pictures and info sheets with the directions on how to prepare it on the back. You have to cook these yourself. And on the bottom, it's real handy. It says, prep time, 10 minutes, cook, 30 minutes, calories, 740, in the case of the Harissa Sweet Potato Pockets, um, which I have not yet tried. Um, then uh, I also got Tortellini Toscana, which takes 25 minutes or so. And this is the one I'm very excited about, the Louisiana style red beans and rice look at that nom 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 35 minutes though and i need more pans than i actually have so i'm gonna cook that this weekend with more pans but yes it's very good stuff well packaged looks good thank you ian go to hellofresh.com allies 80 and use code ALLIES80 to get a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. That's a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box when you use code ALLIES80, A-L-L-I-E-S-8-0 at HelloFresh.com slash ALLIES80. And if you are a patron 
of Easy Allies. Thank you. Earnings. Okay. Revenue. You excited? <laughs> Hubert, you like you like those MPDs, man. You like it when the games, when they report all the units sold and stuff like that. What about earnings? What, when I say Sony Q2 2020 earnings announcement, do you get excited? No hype. No hype. For earnings no announcement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Everybody's doing love, so well, though. I love looking at the games and seeing what people are into, what people love, what's right. selling, what's okay. not. Okay. Earnings. Stay tuned, Hubert. Yeah, because... I, I got to say, I, I, yeah, I tend to li I like to see like the number of consoles, the number of yeah, uh -huh. games. But uh, sure. you know, when you say how many dollars and it's like... Yeah. Okay. Well, we talked about the physical part of the PlayStation. This is the economical part of PlayStation. Sony's <laughs> dropping stuff. And this is Sony talking about everything. So they're talking about entertainment. Uh, and what's interesting is Sony just had their financial report. Microsoft also disclosed everybody's got different cues, man. Sony's wrapping up Q2 of 2020. Microsoft closed Q1 of 2021. Microsoft didn't talk about video games that much. Sony, Sony did a lot. Sony's doing having a, a, a jolly old time. And they're making all sorts of crazy predictions. So I want to talk about where Sony's at right now and what they think is going to happen for them in this generation that is just days away. Uh, these numbers are for the financial period ending September 30th. And this is, Huber, you know, um, the reason I bring up NPDs is all of this is in line with what we've been talking about the last couple of months where it's just everybody's doing well. Like, Switch is probably going to destroy both of these next-gen consoles. <laughs> Software's going crazy. Franchises that never knew success that they could have in the U.S. or, you know, outside Selling games. Selling games 3080s that came out, on the black market. Games <laughs> that came out two years ago or, or, or toppling Twitch. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a crazy year. A good success for everybody. Uh, Sony's success. Year-on-year -year sales for the PS4 hit 52.2 billion yen, up 11% for Sony's gaming business. So the PS4 this year. Um, that, that's PS4 everything. So that's PS4 cards, software, any, any money being passed through the PlayStation 4 system uh, added up to 11% for Sony's gaming business year, uh, compared to year-in-year -year sales. Hardware sales for the PlayStation 4 declined, which to me isn't that huge of a deal because they're getting, people are, you know, especially this summer, people are getting ramped up for this, you know, saving money for these new consoles. So, so Sony's very excited, so excited. They're saying some, some interesting things. From Jim Ryan, they pre-sold as many units of the PS5 in the first 12 hours as PS4s in the first 12 weeks. So mm. it sold more, the same amount in 12 hours that PS4 sold in 12 weeks. Jim Ryan's saying that. Damiani, do you believe him? <laughs> he could just yeah. say that. <laughs> but do you think, does that sound, you know, is it hard to get a PS5 because I of COVID or is it hard because these numbers are so intense? And I, I mean, obviously COVID changed things so that people are all rushing to do it online, but I do not yeah. remember a video game related thing that was a, like a console or a game that was meant to be mainstream that had as much sellout so quickly. Uh, and pretty much everything I've seen this year, uh, hardware wise, this is ridiculous how fast it sells out. Um, it's just blowing away thing. Like, it's like concert tickets sell out this fast. Like when it, cause it's like a venue that holds like a few thousand people. This is like potentially like hundreds of thousands of like to potentially millions who knows like worldwide of these pre-orders just like ridiculous how fast they sold out of it but like it ended up being funny because like ps5 was the one that like it was just all over the place with the pre-orders everyone just started taking pre-orders but i felt like maybe you had a better chance with that because when xbox announced the hard date everyone for the first like 10 minutes was complaining about nothing working so it's like right he, that's, that's a, that week, Damiani, that's the exact point Ian made, where he's like, I think it actually yeah. worked out better for Sony because yeah. it was more scattershot. 
So it's just kind of you missed it or you didn't. It's like when Nintendo does a surprise direct. Like either you're either lucky or you're not, you know. And so, yeah. As, yeah. as sorry. I, I just to me it's like yeah it, it it shows more than anything just how we've changed in terms of how we buy things. You know, like that people are just going to Amazon rather than okay I'm going to go down to Toys R Us or GameStop or Walmart or whatever and, and pre-order there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of the difference here is that when you had to go down to the store to do this right then if they were out then they're like all right well i guess i'll try it somewhere else but if you if you you luck out a couple of times well then yeah you might wait a couple of weeks you might see if you you know a friend you know you might phone a friend and like they call you up and like hey they got a couple over here down the street it's like okay i'll come get it now you know I, i don't think i've ever ordered like a console online you know before this generation you mm-hmm. know like it, it was always just right get the bead on who's gonna break that street date go down there and get as soon as i can <laughs> or i had my pre-order in you know and i was like there at midnight it's like one or the other yeah that's you were the blood thing. in a trench coat on the corner yeah. just at night you know steam coming out of the vents and just like when are you gonna get the console when you break that street date Damiani, sorry, continue. Yeah, like the whole thing before is the stores used to be were the place you went to go get them first because you were worried a system wouldn't be delivered to you in time if you bought it right. online. You're like, you have to wait a few days. Yep. Like, no, I yep. want like launch night. Let's go. Midnight launch line. I mean, people go. are still worried. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, yeah, people are still worried, but like it's more reliable now. Right. But I'm also with blood. I was like, I remember like as far like as Wii U and PS4, I bought in a store. I think PlayStation 4 Pro was the first one I ordered from Amazon. And then switch. I like made the like uh, the switch I pre-ordered, and then now this. So I've completely switched over to like preferring online over getting a store. But I am curious though, if we weren't in the current situation we're in, if there were more stores open to take pre-orders and more stores, maybe sure of getting a little bit more inventory. Right. If it would have been as bad online as it was, I think that's the big what if people would love to see. You know, maybe answered someday. <laughs> Yeah, going in the store back in the day when they used to like have a set time for pre-orders, it was like you got to control your own fate almost. It's like, how early am I willing to get in line? I am in control of this. I'm going to get there at, at, you know, I remember Brad coming to my house and pounding on my window at 3 a.m. to get in line for the Wii pre-orders. It's like we we made that happen. We control our fate. And now with online, it's like, well, is is the psych gonna crash? Am I am I gonna it's like rolling the dice. Yeah, dude's rolling you know? out of bed, you know, still in their underwear. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh I, I got it. You know so it, much luck involved the with The amount just, of effort yeah. is it, it, like it's just so all over the place because you could try and try and try and try and not get anything. Or, you know, if you've got five hundred bucks, you can just pay somebody who knows how to run a bot and there you go. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. You're fighting against those scalpers and bots more and more. Used to be scalpers had to wait in line with you and stuff, and like there was a limit. Now it's like, yeah, it's like scalpers paradise right now. My strategy was just to miss the whole thing entirely and then just steal Brad's PS5 pre-order and Damiani's Xbox Series X pre-order. It worked out pretty well. I mean, it worked I, out I, pretty well. These consoles you, yeah. aren't in my hands yet, but you know, yeah, we'll see. Is there a, is there a finder's fee, Damiani? Is there a is there an ordering fee, a securement fee? Nope. <laughs> no? All right. It's a pretty that. good deal. Uh, Hubert, Jim Ryan added, quote, It may well be that not everybody who wants to buy a PS5 on launch day will be able to find one. 
<laughs> he was he secretly happy saying that? Yeah. Feels good. Is that, is that an understatement? Huber, your, yes. your face is red. You're laughing so hard. That's, like. that's, that's absurd. That's just, he's so casual about that. It's like, I know so many people who have, have they've just resigned from it. They're like, I'm waiting until next year. Like, I'm out. Mm. They, they tried so hard that that first, you know, those first couple days of, of pre-orders going live and they they came up empty. So they're just I am like, very yeah, curious what stores will actually look like, though. Well, it's interesting because GameStop, Bloodworth, is limiting the digital consoles because they want to drive up hardware sales. That's kind of the only thing I've heard about brick and mortar is oh. it's more it's better for them to sell the disc version of the PS5. Mm-hmm. Rather than, I know they for sure got less digital consoles. I remember hearing that. Yeah, but you also want to get those hungry disc drives out in the world for those discs, you know, because <laughs> they sell a lot of those too. <laughs> so, um, uh, Ryan expects the PS5 to sell over seven million units by April of 2021. I don't know why mm. April specifically he is selecting, but that that's is the, the goal. That's when the new fiscal starts. Oh, for them. And then CFO Hiro Totoki uh, said that they are aiming to exceed the PS4's 7.6 million unit sales in its first year. So PS4, uh, you know, just got over that 7 million unit marker. Um, what do you think, Blood? Are they going to do it? Taking bets. Unofficial. Um, I think there's a good chance. Yeah. I, I think people, I mean, people were pretty hungry for the PS4, but I, I, I feel like there's a lot of fervor around the PlayStation 5 as well. Um, and like we were saying with the online situation that like it just makes it easier for people to get them as soon as there's inventory so yeah we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes but i i think that is it, it really comes down to how many are they able to make like every generation it's how many can they actually put out there for people to buy and if that number's bigger then they'll sell them like i i don't think there's much chance of either of these things not selling everything they can make such a safe Agreed. answer. Damiani, yes or no? Are they hitting that mark or not? 7 mil, April 2021. As long as they're not supply constrained, I think they can do it. Yeah. Nice. Do. Yeah. 100% they're breaking that. That's Jones. what I'm looking There's for, man. Yeah. I 100%. Think it's not even a question. The demand is maximum. Maximum demand. Like crisis. <laughs> <laughs> In the crisis voice. Uh, and as we touched on earlier, uh, Totoki was the one that said PS5 will a represent, and I love this quote, I love this terminology, a negative contribution for the time being. <laughs> this is, anytime somebody buys a PS5, we're all going to be sad. It just, yeah. like a, a sad sound plays in the Sony offices. <laughs> hmm. Um, if Xbox is cheaper, um, is it safe to say Xbox will have negative contributions as well? Are they just both in this position right now? Of just yeah, like, yeah. yeah, this, you know, especially if it's, they have not only that, but the Xbox Series S, which is um, really going to be interesting. I mean, I, I can't make predictions yeah. either way, Huber, but I'm just, I'm specifically with the, I obviously have the two PS5s as well, but the X versus S, I'm so curious to see which one sells more. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I know there's already been, there's already been confusion with uh, the names and all that, so who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. it's pretty safe to say that even the the digital edition of the PS5 and the S are also selling at a loss. Like the digital PS5 being a hundred bucks less than the base model, like that's that's a big dollar 20%. amount. Yeah. So I I think that yeah, all across the board, 
They're they're losing losing money on these first runs. Yeah. I forgot. For sure. We, yeah, I forgot we got PS4 first in November of 2013. It got in Japan in oh, February of flipped. 2014. Um, yeah. Whereas the PS5 launch will be simultaneous. So that's another thing about sales, well, just in terms of you looking no, at your first year. Europe gets it on 19th. Yeah, there's a delay. Remember, not all the same world gets the system at the same time. Yeah. For these Remember? two, for these two regions specifically, for the yeah, U.S. Yeah. and Japan. Yeah, it's China and South America, I believe, are delayed um, for the PS5. I'm just very curious if the Xbox Series S is going to be their leader. It, it felt like they were kind of the language they were using made it sound like they think it's going to be the better seller in the long run. I'm not totally convinced about that. I mean, maybe that's not their position, but. I don't have a lot of faith in the Series S being like the best seller in mm-hmm. like the year one of the two. Unless they don't make as many of the Series X for whatever reason. I expect the Series X to be for whatever reason the early adopters want like the more powerful one. They want like right. there's more enthusiasts who want the better system. So I would be surprised if uh, that I mean I think it'll go beyond that actually. I think it will go past just that and it'll end up being people just wanted the Series X the whole time. Blood, you look like I'm gonna get corrected on that last statement. Did you want to clarify anything? With my um, uh... yeah, well, I just thought that it was. I thought Europe was the 19th as well. Uh, might be. I saw. I saw in when they. I, I saw somewhere written where it said the PS5 launch will be simultaneous in all of these regions. That uh, South America and China were specifically the ones where it was not. But um, we could be on the verge of like this could not work out like a lot of people could get their consoles super late you know like the you know we we have checked out these consoles and that's been wonderful early impressions of some of these games is coming out and that's very exciting november 19th but this launch oh nice but this launch but i mean even in 20 even having the same year you know is is different uh as it's been in the past um if this goes very poorly for both of these systems have they covered Mm. their bases enough do you think that like both sony and microsoft have done enough to be like hey we tried because again, like all these delays are happening, but like they've just been so insistent. Like we we're gonna hit those windows. We are going to launch this year. We're launching in Q4. We're launching holiday. Um, I think with everything going on, that's all you can really do as Microsoft and Sony right now is s- like make as many as you can. Um, but I have no I have no expectations. Therefore, I cannot be bummed out. Because of just how up in the air everything is. Like, shipping is is hard right now. Like, there's a lot of constraints mm. happening. So, I think them just being positive and saying we're going to make as many as we possibly can is really the only thing that can be done. Um, I think if there was going to be any kind of significant disruption in the supply chain, we'd know about it at this point. You know, um, just, just mm. based on the fact that, like, they confidently, you know, sent out the review units to everybody and everything like that. You know, I, you look at the back of that Xbox uh, packaging and it's it's got Master Chief on it. You know, like these these things were made a long time ago and started mm-hmm. stockpiling. You know, <laughs> like they've got everything in in terms of you know the, those logistics sorted out as as well as they could possibly be, um, which is pretty commendable considering how nuts the year has been. Uh, so. Yeah, I I think well, uh, Damiani, we got the Walmart notice that like PlayStation Five controllers would be coming like a weeks early. Supposedly it comes tomorrow. But, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, yeah, I, the stuff is the stuff is in the pipes. I I, I, I really think it would take something newly catastrophic to oh, disrupt no. any any current pre-orders. Yeah, hardware-wise, I think they're pretty set, barring what Blood said. I think the only thing that might be the disappointing in the end, especially as the sales numbers of the units seem to impress, maybe the software sales. Just because a lot of games are not obviously coming out probably when they intended to come out, so I feel like got delayed. So I feel like that first year, uh, maybe even at this up to like the end of the fiscal year in April, might uh, might be a little bit below their targets for a lot of that stuff. But that's more like I think investor stuff than anything. You know, long term, I'm sure things will correct and they'll they'll get you know their schedule sorted out. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm on the same I'm the same opinion that I think the as long you know, supply is there, and as long as it stays there, they'll 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 as Huber's enthusiasm, they'll probably break you know meet or break that, you know that that is the expectation. Fingers crossed. Huber Microsoft said uh, they're predicting Series X and S driving supply constrained hardware revenue growth up forty percent. Think hmm. that their hardware revenue is going to go up forty percent, though supply constrained. I love that's another good quote yeah. for the ages. Yeah. They're like they're both admitting like it's tight. <laughs> it's it, we're I making definitely as, think make as many of these things as we can, but fingers crossed. I think Halo getting pushed hurts that initial hype though. Like of course. if Halo was if Halo was dropping, I would also say 100% shattering all records. I still think Microsoft will. I think Xbox is going to sell astronomically, but yeah. Well, with Halo all these things hurt. that got delayed to 2021, plus all of these next-gen versions of things that haven't happened, plus all of this backwards compatibility that I think is going to slowly roll out after these consoles, there's going to be, like, new things popping up on these systems, just the daily, weekly, monthly, like, mm-hmm. 2021 is going to be like, oh, they finally did that thing now. That's going to be like getting, like, No Man's Sky updates. You're like, oh, <laughs> that thing is yeah, a lot cooler like, than it was when it launched. Just, I... Didn't get around to playing Ori yet, but I know there's going to be some Series X enhancements. So, like, yeah. that to me is, like, kind of a Series X launch game, you know? Just because that's one that I've heard good things about, and it's, like, nice. I missed the first time around, now it's you know, play a better version. So I think that's cool. 2020 coming to a close. The season's, the season's changing, the fall, it's getting colder. The cold breeze in the air. The leaves are changing, and we got the final Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase of the year. <laughs> they said it specifically, Damiani. They said when it started, they're like, "This is it, folks. You're done." Uh, just as just as they've been very much courting, you know, or or not courting, you know, controversy, just in terms of what they do or do not announce in their various directs and showcases. This seems like obviously intentionally to be like, "Don't ask us. <laughs> We're not doing another partner showcase." Yeah, they they third party wise, they seem to be in a good spot now through the early next year. So I don't think it makes much sense for them to put out another one because the their mo for a while now has been not to announce things too soon. So I mean, all the way through like Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter uh, Stories Two. What's the subtitle? And I already forgot. But looks great though the game. Sorry, forgot the title. But those two are gonna like dominate the sales in that month as well. And now we got. Bravely Default 2, uh, coming out in, uh, did not making out, not making 2020, but coming out February 26, 2021, which means Nintendo's now publishing two games in February. They'll have that, and then Super Mario 3D World, uh, and, uh, was it, Bowser's, uh, oh my gosh, 
Big blast. Thank no. <laughs> Hubert, no. <laughs> Come on, Hubert. <laughs> Bowser's fury. Bowser's fury. Yeah, there we go. Bowser. I almost believed you for a split second, too. I was like, wait, that's not right. Come on there. Uh, but yeah, they, they're, 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 this was a, a good finish to it, though, I think. Uh, from where they started with these... Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of gone back and forth a little bit there. There have been some misfires, but I do feel these last two in particular were really strong. The, the, the last month's one and this one's month's one was r- were really good. And uh, maybe this, you know, some games probably just need a little bit more time to cook before they're ready to talk about. I'm happy to hear that. That was the take I was going to try to get before the end of the, the convo about this was that, that it's they seem to be maneuvering a lot in terms of how they announce these things when they do them the lead up to them what's in them um and so it's kind of like state of plays like there have been some really good ones but i feel it's kind of hard to track like how excited i should be for a state of play when they happen where i feel like they have learned from these which you, you basically just said damiani but it's nice to echo that do you feel that way blood hubert like you're have you enjoyed this seemed like a good one we can get into the details but uh, i think these are i'm excited for the the first nintendo direct mini partner showcase of 2021 I'm excited. excited. I'm always excited for a direct or a state of play or whatever it may be. Varying levels of excitement, but there's always a spark of excitement for sure. So much fun. Uh, The naming convention on these things is really weird. It's almost like, it's almost like heads up. We don't have games ready, but our friends (laughs) got some. You want to see? Right. (laughs) Because otherwise, this stuff would just be in any other Nintendo Direct. So. I like the distinction, though, because first-party Nintendo comes with its own host of excitement and rumors and hype. So I really like the distinction. I think going into minis and partnerships is the way to do it because our expectations were were in check that way. If you you don't have something, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it's just funny because you look at something like... Uh, the Hyrule Warriors or the even part-time UFO and it's just like <laughs> those just feel like those are Nintendo games you know and like Nintendo's yeah. publishing Bravely Default you know so it's it's just like they're not anything that's being developed by their their own studios um, so yeah uh, I, I I actually wouldn't be surprised if you know we get a couple of months into 2021 and we never see another partner showcase again because nintendo has finally figured out the rhythm of how they're going to announce their games yeah i'm with i'm, I'm kind of with blood I, I mean i think this was more just a strategy for them to allow certain announcements to still happen and not be tied to the nintendo direct formula Got i think trying to proceed with normal nintendo directs relied more on nintendo first party titles ready to go and hey third party partners what do you got ready for us we're going to do a direct and they kind of messaged i mean the the reports earlier in the year were that third parties were being told were being told hey whenever you're ready to announce stuff you can announce stuff or then they announce these third part these partner directs so it's like Nintendo's like we're going to help you announce these but stop trying to like figure out the formula of hey we're going to do a direct with all these together i, I think they might get back to that because mm. while as exciting as this is uh, i it's nice to have something almost every month with these. I kind of preferred when these happened every few months, honestly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked having the spring proper direct. I liked having the E3 direct. I liked having the fall direct. It was basically three times a year we got like big updates from Nintendo. And then you had the indies that happened usually twice a year. You got those. And yeah, then you have maybe, one at GDC. 
and then you maybe had a mini direct here or there. And mini directs were like, okay, we got a few titles you might have missed that have like might have got overshadowed by everything. It made sense to me. The hierarchy, the formula, and everything like this. This is this to me speaks of like we had to adapt to the times. But mm-hmm. if things ever get back to a little bit more to like normal, the old normal maybe they go back to the old style again. And I'd kind of prefer them to go back to that style if we get back to that type of lifestyle. Yeah. So those those COVID warnings, when those go away, so do the mini partner showcases, basically. Maybe. Basically. Maybe a little after that. You know, not exactly. Don't like say, oh, the first one doesn't have one. We're back to normal, baby. Let's go. Like, right. maybe we'll give it a few before you jump to that. Four shadow drops in this direct. Yeah. Four shadow drops. Yeah. Control. That? <laughs> you know, boom there's control on the switch um cloud yeah. version yeah. yeah yeah i've actually been waiting for that to happen for a while because they've yeah they've had some stuff like that happen in in japan Resident i Evil haven't 7. seen yeah was, i haven't seen a, ways whole, ago, yeah. a whole <laughs> lot of it happening uh in the u.s uh i can't think of any even like uh examples off the top of my head if they've even done it before here uh but yeah, you know, and Control is like 505 Games is like, you know, touting ray tracing and stuff. You know, like you can't even get that on, on a PS4 and Xbox One X. It's like, so it's like uh, the Switch version is actually better, guys. Um, yeah, if you want it to well, run at a, <laughs> like a low frame rate, sure, go ahead. Even with that cloud. This is, this is surprising because it was not, it was not just a one but two game announcements about using cloud yeah. versions there's control which was as you said the shadow drops we're getting to try it out right now so we're getting a taste of at least here what the future might be for nintendo and third-party ports of games that might not be technically possible on switch hardware barring a revision or new system and then hitman 3 uh cloud version as well and then the the the, the people who are looking at some of the 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 data miners huber uh found uh some stuff pointing to uh resident evil 3 potentially getting a, a cloud mm. version as well at some point nice. which means yep. if you know these run well this could be a solution for nintendo but yeah the the, the real quick the performance there's a control comes with a enhanced performance mode which focuses on like the game runs more stable runs more fluid Right. Uh, but you're sacrificing a little visual fidelity and enhanced graphics, which has the ray tracing. Uh, I have a gigabit internet connection. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, uh, even with that, uh, it was not very fun to play the enhanced graphics. When I stood still, it was nice to look at, but per- the enhanced <laughs> performance is in the control? way to go. In control? Yeah, in control. Would you see? Yeah, man, really? Control? But the performance mode's legit. It's legit. With a good internet connection, it's nice. legit. Uh, it's hilarious though that it's the ultimate edition because this is like this notorious version oh, yeah. of control you needed to access the next <laughs> gen version right. and oh, then man. this version will be coming cloud streaming to switch <laughs> for like the, the the worst graphical fidelity of the versions um, oh the journey Cl- uh, control ultimate edition has had Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity demo shadow dropped you can play through chapter one and carry that progress over to the full game it's so, been a really interesting strategy that they've taken on several times now um with the these demos yeah. lately so much so that it's yeah, i think it kind of burns a little bit when they don't do that uh, right. even on, like another console yeah. we get stuff and we're just like oh damn like that that's why that question came up for was it Baldur gates 3 or something else so we were yeah. like whoa yeah it's like three save files you've had to like start over uh and part-time ufo which is a, a cute little game you can Looks check that so out now. Jolly. uh no more heroes 3 uh is coming to switch first time we've seen like 
a final non-blocked, non-weird streamed <laughs> gameplay clip of this, right? No. Uh, no, we did see other. We've seen stuff. It's just uh, even the the even the No More Heroes three part at the end kind of like had the the weird like grass upper stuff going on with like uh the the release date like coming to 2021 or whatever it was like this colorful border mm-hmm. uh i mean it's just good to like we've been waiting to hear more about no more heroes 3 like was it coming out this year is there any chance is it 2021 like one in 2021 but them doing the smart thing saying guess what the first two no more heroes also come into switch already and, and they're Drive. available right now yeah. as well so that that was a that was a pretty good overall announcement from them and update even if it wasn't like a significant like deep dive into no more heroes 3 just yet it's hey here's some stuff to what your appetite wall we're almost ready for you to like get into no more heroes 3 yeah i thought it was really great the way they presented it to you with the mm-hmm. you know actors from the game you know being the ones giving those announcements and you know just hearing travis voice talk about those releases uh you know and it, and it's it's true it's like you're talking about you know Wii games like a lot of people have missed those games a lot of people have heard about them and never played them and here's a shot you know everything like this has been really doing you know gangbusters on the switch you know when we see the mario kart 8 sales and the donkey kong country sales and everything else Um, so yeah i think there's a a pretty good chance that people are going to be able to you know, hop into these games for the first time and they're, they'll probably do really well, particularly with that excitement from, you know, just coming out of nowhere. I'd like to think somebody on the Easy Allies podcast predicted that both No More Heroes 1 and 2 would come to Switch. That seems like a, like a good idea, <laughs> something that they yeah. should do. And obviously, like, people are looking forward to this game. Uh, people are also looking forward to Bakugan Champions of Vestroya. Oh, yeah. November 3rd. Uh, Tropico 6, a very chunky looking version of tropico 6 drops on november 16th but that game's got a lot good. of charm and so people that can check that out does not look owners. good no, no, not, yeah. people jumped down my like throat basically thought i was trash talking the tropico series like no the no. switch port looks trashy right. and, and like the, the frame it, rate's horrible and tropico it's trying is a to series emulate some amazing. of those beautiful environments on earth so like those greens and the lush blues of the you play ocean. that on pc man those play are tropico on pc please yeah, yeah. please uh, another funny thing to think about playing on switch because it, it it did this to my brain because of the connection to breath of the wild immortals phoenix rising december 3rd got an update on that played this demo in stadia damiani uh, oh. com- completely doubling down on everything Damiani said about it. The demo is fantastic. This game is going to be a, a ton of fun. It, it, uh, um, Damiani really liked the demo that he checked out, uh, which I actually played a different thing. Yeah, you played something different than what yeah. I played. I heard about what the demo was. It was very much a custom demo, demo and, and it was really yeah. cool. I would imagine. Uh, got this is another one where the Switch version footage looked a little rough. And yeah. the fact that it's going to be another version. <laughs> a little ver- rough, like, but I didn't think it was too bad. No, but... It, but, but Blood, it's in my brain when I see this. I'm like, oh yeah, this this great Switch game I'm gonna play. And then it's like, wait, no, no, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't have to compromise it, Huber. I, I'll probably get this on PC, man. <laughs> Why not? You know, yeah. If I'm I could play Breath of the Wild on PC, to I nice. totally would. Yeah, I want I this totally to look would. nice when I play yeah. it, so I'm not gonna be playing it on Switch. But uh, you know, it run. I mean, it runs fine. It looked better than Tropico Six, at least. It's, yeah. it's port. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to create my own character. I imagine people felt that way with Mass Effect when they keep seeing all these Mass Effect two and three trailers. It's like, who's that guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not Shepard. It's cool to see what he's gonna be doing, but I, very much not my the character I created. So it's gonna be interesting to create my own Phoenix, run out into that world. Uh, we're gonna have to wait till 2021 to get Story of Seasons: Pioneers of Olive Town. Uh, surviving the aftermath, which blood put my name on the list for that one. That uh, 
Okay. Yeah, I think there's a demo out or something. I think it's in early. I think it's in early access on Steam right now. But yeah, you're just making a little SimCity in the apocalypse. Um, get major lots of people comparing it to Frostpunk, but uh, it's uh, getting getting good vibes. Griftlands in the Nintendo Switch edition. That is a cyberpunk apocalypse card game role playing game. Yeah, that oh, one really yeah, like that game looks seconds. sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that they, game looks really good. Yeah, very very fun style for that. Very consistent style across all of the stuff That's I've seen. That's from. Is that from, uh, who's that from? Like, Klee, maybe? Is Klee doing that? It's I could not Klee. Tell you. Klee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yep. Yeah. yep, yep, great games. Uh, the Hitman 3 Cloud version that we talked about, and a game that we have not touched on, that I want to talk about last before we end this. Bravely Default 2. Yeah. Damiani, this game looks weird. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm not the only one that thinks that. Yes, Jones, yeah. yes. Is it because the first now, one looks this so be striking? for me. I have not been following Bravely Default news. I just played Bravely Default 1. I totally missed Bravely Second. Completely missed it. Didn't touch it at all. Didn't see anybody play it. I don't I don't know if we reviewed that. I barely remember reading the script. Yeah, that came But Default right. 2, Switch, and everything's all the stars are aligning. This is definitely something I want to check out next year. But not a style, I think, that translates really well to the engine that they're using or something. It look, mm, I don't know. It looks like the Crystal Chronicles remaster, kind of. <laughs> the thing like, is, is, it's inconsistent. That's like, really harsh. But yeah. It just I doesn't feel like. Blood. I'm with blood. Yeah. I like. I whenever they've shown like those town shots that'll go by in like a half a second, like ooh, that that looks like a cool town, and like some of the monster shots, it's like I yeah, like when they went to the Beastmaster, like, oh, that yeah. all looks cool. But there's just something with those faces to where it's just like. Mm. It's like they don't have enough polygons to do what they're trying to do with them, or I, I don't know what it is. They just look really it, um, off and stiff, and yeah. It reminds me of the world of Final like, Fantasy faces. Yeah. Not quite, but like what they needed to do with that game for whatever. Like that was a clearly a choice. They obviously have the fidelity, uh, the technical capability to do more detailed faces than that in uh, World of Final Fantasy. But I was like, maybe they're going to that type of style because Switch, uh, sorry, uh, the systems can't handle that. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like when I played the demo, it wasn't that bad. But I, I think it was. I played both in handheld and docked. And I don't, it wasn't that too much. Off, it wasn't that off-putting to me. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe the more polished look, it's starting to become more apparent that there's a that there's a clashing of styles. Because yeah, I, the, the demo had a lot of town time in it, and it looked great. And but like you clearly change to a different style when you're out in the world doing combat and uh, exploring dungeon-like environments. And Damiani, you added the demo's been out. I'm completely late to the party on this. I just, I, you know, and I'm yeah. still going to play it. You know, like, again, it's all the stuff they talked about. Beastmaster, the Bard, like all their fun class of the gambler Huber who like, mm-hmm. you know, you can roll the dice, but it's like you might Dude, die. Dude, yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm sure that game will be a lot of fun. I have complete faith in that developer. I'm sure the story is going to be really great. I remember the yeah. story was, the dialogue was very fun. The characters, like the way they played off each other was very amusing. They they did listen to the feedback from the demo. Yeah. Like they showed like difficulty settings. Like they 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 took some of that feedback. It's clear that they they are making some adjustments. Which twenty thousand responses <laughs> to that yeah. demo survey. Yeah, People I get said one. there was a lot of stuff about difficulty and the controls. They're going to be tweaking. So, um, yeah, just curious. I, again, I'm not. I don't think this looks bad. It just looks weird. Everybody looks like kids. So when the heroes are kids, I kind of I kind of jive with it. But then like when the evil villain shows up and he's like. Nine years old. <laughs> it's like oh, he's got a beard. It's like you don't like Chibi, okay? He looks like a toy. It's it's like Final Fantasy yeah. Four on DS. It just kind of <laughs> oh, the world looks great. It fits, that. but it just oh. the gravitas of it just doesn't. Oh, yeah. Even even the big world ending events from Bravely Default, the style just kind of fit it. But what the hell? I haven't played this game anyway. Who knows? 
Uh, and I don't, you know, we'll complain about it again until February of 2021. I think it's just because the first one looked so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So when you set the bar, when you set the standard of like, to me, that was one of the most beautiful 3DS games I'd ever played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when the new, like when you have a two on it and it's a sequel and it looks weird, you know, to me worse then I think that's, that's where it's coming from. Fair. But we will see. I mean, that it's a franchise that I'm glad is getting a sequel, and I want or, it to Or like to a hit. DS game that's got like a gloss over it in some ways, right? Like it's, well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, just, it, it definitely doesn't look that bad, but it, it kind of gives you that impression with the style. It's like they made that style because of limitations in a way. And yeah. Like, yeah, we'll just keep that. You know, that's what people are used to. And it's like, maybe change stuff. I mean, I don't know. To me, Braille Default, it just looks like the Braille Default, like, bat, like the battle scenes. It just looks like it gets rendered like like higher fidelity and like they decided to like make rounded faces so they look all right. younger and stuff like it was a decision but i don't like i don't know for battle environment stuff like looking at them side by side i don't think it's that i think it's just the faces i guess might be off-putting to some people but like uh, otherwise like the style the character style i don't think it's that drastically different and i think i'll totally get used to it it's like peter yeah. being different in miles morales like yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna take me like four hours and then i'm finally gonna like <laughs> um but it's just yeah tis odd i don't know if it's odd enough to deserve its own timestamp, but uh, uh kudos to nintendo for uh because i just want to say I'm, i don't have proof of this but um this was you know the john vignaki's new role disney infinity former disney john vignaki mm. checking in with all these third-party people at nintendo so i wonder how much power how many, mm. I wonder if the, you know Dom, you know Vinaki goes over there. We start getting these weird partner showcases. There's got to be some sort of connection. So sometime in 2021, when we get back to bars, I will be in a bar with with uh, with this man, and I'm just waiting for him to be like, "What do you think of those mini partner showcases?" And be like, "I knew it was you." <laughs> so I want to get everyone's takes. So if I can offer some advice. Also this week. Uh, a bunch of headlines uh, coming from this week because Huber, everybody's talking about their their financial reports. Everybody's dropping mm. them. Uh, Ubisoft, End of the year. Ubisoft doing well. Uh, posted a net of 880 million from the first half of its 20 to 2020 to 2021 fiscal year, up 8.5 from the previous year. Across all of its games, Ubisoft had 100 million active players on PC and console, which is wow. kind of where my head is at every single time we get an <laughs> Ubisoft showcase because it's like. Do they even need to have like half more than half of like all the people playing their games are playing all the old stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. all the, you know, old up Assassin's Creed games, Rainbow Six Siege, like a lot of a lot of For stuff Honor still around. still going. For Honor's oh, just yeah. uh, Capcom's Non-stop. video game division recorded its highest ever second quarter profits, 343 million up 21 percent. Hmm. Annapurna Interactive is launching an internal development studio. Uh, Annapurna drops a lot of yeah. really fascinating stuff on nice. us. I think we that's a name we recognize. Is, yeah. They're kind of like the tame Devolver. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. I like that. Uh, uh, well, like, I like that, Jones. Just they, like they're, they're hit makers. Every time I hear about Annapurna, it's like, yeah, that's a good. that game's going to sure. be interesting. People are going to talk about that. They're going to appreciate mm-hmm. it. I don't know if sales are going to be skyrocketing, but uh, so cool for see, to see them. I don't know if that's because they wanted to give devs a try or there's a specific game that they want to assign people. They're looking yeah. for a director. It's essentially project. like an art house yeah. kind of vibe, yeah. Because they do more than games, yeah. Bug Snacks will be on PS Plus at the launch of the PlayStation 5, but not on PS4. Only on PlayStation 5 on that PS Plus. Song can't um, run on PS4. But that, yeah, it's too much. 
Um, but that's what we're figuring out now that we finally get our hands on these consoles. Where those Wait. lines are. Wait, what? He's no, bug- no, bug- it's, it's on PS4. You just don't get it on PS Plus on yeah. PS4. I'm sorry. Yes, the the if you have PS Plus, you will get Bug Snacks for free on PS5. You will not get it for yeah. free. You will have to buy it on PlayStation 4. Um, Super smart move. This reminds me. I know it's not the same because it's not like multiplayer, but uh, Rocket League mm. just blowing up when it was on mm-hmm. PS Plus. I wonder if Bug Snacks will have kind of a similar. Mm. Yeah. You know, Hubert, because of that. What a beautiful transition, because Destruction All-Stars is moving to February and joining PlayStation Plus, presumably for the same reasons. There it is, Among yes. Us also had yeah. similar success that way. It's like, the you know, this has become the new thing of a game. We're like, yeah. wait, no, what if we just give this to everybody? And then all of a sudden, people can't stop talking about it. They really uh, want to check it out. There's so. a part of me with the Destruction All-Stars story that makes me wonder if, like, somebody in that team was like, see, I told you. I told you when you said we're going to sell this game for $70. It's not going to go. It's not going to work. Yeah. This is one of those games that it's because Sony was reiterating their stance that they don't want to do a a game pass style model because they need high budget games and it's not sustainable. And that that basically doing something like this, putting this on PlayStation plus is basically saying this game is not really sustainable at a full price right now. Yeah. yeah. Totally. This was super last minute too. Yeah. Yeah. we were definitely expecting to get this game, so it was like, "Oh, really? Okay." But a great. Movie. I'm curious if there's box oh, really? copies out there. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You know, mm. does this game was this game gonna be in stores? Yeah. Is there printed <laughs> discs on on there? Bury it next to ET. Um, but a, sm- a smart move. I'm I'm seeing a lot of positivity around it, and I think February people will be excited about it, checking it out. Uh, Kickstarter for a board game based on Frostpunk that I mentioned before raised over 2 million euros. Very successful. Uh, Jason Ronald from Team Xbox tweeted, and we said this, but the official tweet was, after 500,000 hours of testing plus, we are excited to share that all Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One games playable on Xbox One today, except for a handful that require Connect, will be available and look and play better on Xbox Series X slash S at launch. Shout out i'd like to hear these things too because you often wonder like what are they doing right now what is it like of all the devs is it out of their hands and it's just shipping people right now it's just marketing people it's interesting to see them like "Ah," come out of the room (laughs) sweaty tired it's unshaven it's such good vibes just it's to me it's a move of love like i can't imagine them making a ton of money off Mm. of this Mm -hmm. uh but the amount of work just seems like exhausting a lot of those mm-hmm. loving consumer practices i think there are being yeah. shown off at microsoft these days um, just good vibes bad vibes huber another great transition the opposite of that apparently deleting your facebook account will also delete your oculus purchases <laughs> delete facebook so <laughs> another delete solid facebook. reason to really what? jump on ju- jump all over this facebook gaming transition oh and everything God. again yeah. they're slowly rolling all of those facebook features out but <laughs> Yikes. Uh, uh, soon you'll need a Microsoft account to play Mojang games, including micro, uh, Minecraft. Sorry. Microsoft, Mojang, Minecraft. All three separate things. Silent Hill's creative team uh, apparently worked on the Halloween event for World of Tanks. <laughs> so there you go. That's crazy. So I, I don't know what I don't parallels you could draw there, but so that's strange. the thing that happened. Netflix is producing a live action Assassin's Creed series because why not? Your um, best bender come back. Hype level, Huber? <laughs> you seem like you would be down for that. Yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, ask me again after Valhalla. Gotta be better than the movie. Gotta be better than the movie, right? Gotta yeah. be. Is it? 
That bar's the movie low. was okay. It wasn't yeah, terrible. It, was, it was wasn't good. wasn't terrible. It's <laughs> uh, Alex Hutchinson made some statements about music royalties that Google was not a fan of and distanced itself pretty far. Now, not only from Google, but all of its various platforms. Um, it wasn't just about music. It was, to, it was to, about to pounce on our DMCA talks. Copyrights and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, Everwild creator, uh, creative director Simon Woodroff has resigned from his position at Rare, stepping away from Everwild uh, for personal reasons. Nothing really to dig into there yet. Hmm. I made that mistake last time. We might find out something else about yes. Simon, but uh, Godspeed to him until we get that news. Halo Infinite's director, Chris Lee, confirmed he has stepped back from Infinite and did so after the showcase. This happened a while ago, but he just finally uh, talked about it now. Um, so, yeah, there was definitely a fallout there. Um, Interesting. Might have been his choice. Don't know if that was something where he was like fired from the role, but he said he personally stepped back. Uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands launching on November 23rd. We weren't really sure what that date was. It got pushed back a little bit. Uh, got a bunch of Final Fantasy 16 details because the official website launched. The protagonist's yeah. name is, do you know Huber? Do you know the protagonist of Final Fantasy 16? Clive Rosefield. <laughs> which Clive is like, what if, Rosefield? Which is like, what if Chris Redfield like found Rosefield himself in a Final name. Fantasy world? Now I'm just thinking of GTA 3, Jones. Clive <laughs> Rossfield. Sorry, it might not be Rosefield. It might be Rossfield. Rossfield. Clive Rossfield. <laughs> Rosefield there's more is to family. Though. Rossfield. Uh, and there's more characters, more world building. Yeah. Stuff. I could, we could have dived into great. that. But um, yeah, Looks it's good. a lot, lot of good story stuff to learn. A lot of, a lot of fun terminology. I remember when like Elsie... What was it for third? When I first saw Le that C word, it was and like, foul C. I was like yeah. oh, damn, I had like a, <laughs> I literally just had a piece of paper that I would check like, in the review. <laughs> gotta commit I it. gotta say right now, like Square Enix and Final Fantasy 16 included. Guys, like read the room right now. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> you can hang on to your preview information for just a little oh, bit. Nah, names of characters. <laughs> uh, There's plenty of room. Promote. promote. No. I, I, yeah. my, I promote. feel like this game was maybe... I think it's way further along than people think, I guess. I'm on board with that now. I'm convinced. 2021. I think it was supposed go. to maybe even be like a launch window game and yeah. it's COVID. Oh, boy. Gonna push this, is gonna be, this is going to be a Christmas 2021 game. And, you know, no, actually, to counter that one real quick, Blood, I know there's a lot of stuff, but, like, this is the thing that gets people excited for PS5. Because it is a exclusive yes. window for PS5. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. dropping this right ahead of the race, I know people can't, they're all sold out. It's like, but guess what? Like, look what you get to look forward to. It just keeps that, I don't know, it keeps the, the hype level high, I think, for that. Plus, like, man, the amount of people talking about 16, it's just like, people, it's going, like, it's insane. Like, I think people are like, one way or the other, they're very excited for this one and want to see what it is. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just my selfishness with my my email box. Like, oh, poor I got pe- people hitting oh, me. I'm I like, want what you are you doing in January? And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about January right I now. Need, I on. need you selfish on the show, blood. <laughs> Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine delayed past April 1st, 2021. I say past because they didn't give it an official date. They were like sometime after. Not before. Sure as hell not before April 1st. Um and uh, Far Cry 6 is, you know, we still have more details. So that's not that big of a deal. But they had two Ubisoft events this year. It didn't say a peep about Rainbow Six Quarantine. I saw a lot of people, a lot of Ubisoft mm-hmm. fans complaining about that. They're like, where the hell is this weird game we don't mm-hmm. know a lot about? So we finally got at least that window of when that's happening. Resident Evil 3 Cloud version rumored. A graphic popped up on the internet. We talked about that. AMD revealed their new Radeon RX 6000 line of graphics cards. That is all so I would say about that. Stuff that's in uh, your new systems. That's, yep. the, the, that's on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Here's some of these warm vibes you were talking about from Xbox Huber that Sony's doing. Sony's got a website giving out free adapters to let the PS5 camera play PSVR. So you've got the PSVR, hmm. you want to play on your PS5, they got a PS5 camera, doesn't work. You got to get an adapter for that old camera. Uh, no word yet on 
like their specific plans for PSVR. Uh, and PlayStation Blog listed the 20 games, I will not list them now, you can go check them out, that will be in the PS5's PlayStation Plus collection. They're all pretty damn good. Really, there were no, it was all, all killer, no filler. There were not a lot of stuff in there that was like, what? What's that game? No Man's Sky Series X and S and PS5 <clears throat> versions uh, incoming with cross-play and 32-player multiplayer. Um Damn, so tempting to get back into. I can't. I really can't. But man, there's mm-hmm. only been really good news, I think, coming out of that camp. Really, really, really fun stuff. Especially this Halloween Huber, that like spooky update yeah. they added. I was like, can't do it. Can't do it. Did watch Jew on the other night, though. Oh, did finish it. Started nice. it. I'll, I'll, I'll finish it tonight as the podcast is uh, exporting. And Bloodworth. High five. Get it ready, Blood. This, I'm, we're on this side. We're on your, your left hand. You're, no, the other way. You're going the other way. Yeah, that way. Get ready. Inverted controls added to Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Boom. They're celebrating, but you, you've got it backwards on in Mario 64. Because Mario 64's camera controls are backwards from what they should be. So it's right to people that want them inverted, but for people like me who don't, they're wrong. Just get options, man. That's all I want. It's options. So this 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 I've been this is like how long did it take me to do this? Yes. But what the heck? We're, that's what that's what next so gen's gonna be all about. So annoying in Mario sixty four, like yeah. like twenty plus years of uh, right C or right. I'm like it's backwards. I'm like I hate you. I hate you. Why? This is a this is a troll. Come on. It is time for love and respect. From Cody S. Capturing a little bit of those spooky vibes. Sorry, people, on Sunday. It is November 2nd. You're like, what? Halloween's over. It is Halloween. (sighs) This weekend, or or, or the first, actually, when that, uh, the month is just over. It is almost Halloween. This is when we're primed. At least when I am primed for spooky stuff, Cody S. gave us a spooky question. Thank you, Cody. Hey, allies. I just want to start off by saying I really loved your eight-hour live stream and all the other videos you worked on for the patron party. It was an awesome time. So in honor of the spooky season, I found a list of the scariest games of all time, according (laughs) to Ranker.com. I will list two games from that list, and you tell me which ranked higher and whether or not you agree with the ranking. Love and respect, Cody. I'm less interested about what you think ranked higher on Ranker.com. No offense, Ranker.com. I'm more curious about, just personally, what the three of you think between these two games, these versus games, which is scarier? Mm. Silent Hill versus Silent Hill 2. I'm not that familiar with one. So. Yeah, I haven't we touched did, one. We did two scariest games lists at Game Trailers for the old guard and the new guard before GameTrailers.com finally closed. Two different scary lists. The Silent Hill swapped on those lists. When it was <laughs> us, when it was second gen, when it was late gen, we picked Silent Hill 2 being the better one. But Silent Hill 1, I think, was the scariest game on the scariest games list. Because there is just a gritty, like a rustiness to that totally. first game that is just totally. so. There's something I don't know what they did, man, but those like rough polygon triangles <laughs> of like people's hands and stuff, the spikiness of it, they used it. They they were Less like, we're gonna make it. You know, scarier. the edges of those those platforms you were walking on that would wiggle the way the PS1 textures did, it worked. Like it was. Uh, but uh, according to Ranker.com, uh, it is not the scariest game. Silent Hill. Two, oh, Silent Hill Two is the scariest game. Silent Hill One is right behind it at number two. Resident Evil or Resident Evil 2? Assuming the original versions. Oh, um, one. Scarier? One. Yeah. Well, the original, original RE1? I've never yeah. played the PS1 I just dated, RE1. It's aged. It's aged. The, you know, the, the remake has basically just replaced it. Uh, uh, the, the but RE2. if it's remake... Are we, are we talking about original? Original. Not remake. Yeah. 
I'm still gonna go with one, man. Two is like an action movie. One is a horror movie. Uh, it's like Alien yeah. vs. Aliens. It's I, the classic. I want to say one. Uh, yeah, I want to say. I mean, I'm also thinking too much about the ranker ranking. I think Raker probably said two is scary. Ranker but... disagrees. Yeah, uh, Re two is number three on their list, and Re one is four. But man, yeah, yeah every uh, yeah. Cannot. Uh, yeah, Re one can't handle the remake version. Man, it's intense. Yeah, Re one so bright. I took a vacation from RE1 for years, Huber, and then finally, after once Remake came out, I'm like, okay, let me go back and replay this. And I was like, every room has all the lights on. What's going on in this game? So bright. Um, Resident Evil 3 versus Silent Hill 3. Resident Dude, Evil Silent Hill 3 is intense. Silent Hill 3. Silent Hill 3 is intense. No I didn't finish it. I have played it, though. Silent Hill 3. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed Dude, with my, my knowledge of Silent Hill. Nemesis coming through some scary shit. Just gonna say that, man. Yeah, Nemesis jump crashing scares. through some walls will get you. Jump Police station scares. jump scare. Mm. Uh, I'm still gonna say like Silent Hill every time for me is is scarier, so I'm always gonna pick Silent I Hill. I think Silent Hill is most likely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're against the grain with Ranker every time. Uh, Re three at number six, Silent Hill three at number seven. I like these are all next to each other though. Resident Evil three wow. is so close, so action packed. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh! <laughs> Outlast versus PT. I know what you think, Huber. Outlast versus PT. Man. This is a tough question. I'll go People are going to scoff at me. People are going to no question say PT, which it probably is. But like when it came out, sure. But it's been so overplayed and it is still mm. so limiting because it's just a demo. Like mm. yeah. a, a blind playthrough, a blind playthrough for both PT is probably going to keep you up at night. But on the other hand, Outlast has, to me, the best jump scares in all the video games. So it just depends on what you value your scares with. Rank you values, Ranker values Outlast number five on the wow. list. Wow! Yeah, beating out Silent Hill 3 and Resident Evil 3. PT is number 17! Wow. Ranker! Shocking. Wow. Shocking. Wow, Ranker having none of that. Get your shit together, Ranker. Jeez. I think just because it's it's. This based I on hate votes? to say it. Like, it's just about underdogs. You say Outlast is the underdog. Look at this. Look at this nonsense. It hurts to say. It really, really hurts to say. Don't think of me less. But it is. It's kind of in the downward now. Like give give it like five or ten more years, and I think PT will come back up in the scariness. Sure. It's just since it's come out every single year, it's like PT, 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 demo. We get it. We get it. Demo. It's like. It's on timeout for me at least. And these next three time. couples are also right next to each other. <laughs> they're uh, they're button up. It was neck and neck between Dead Space and Alien Isolation, which is scary. Dude, Alien, Alien, Isolation. Alien Isolation. Alien Isolation, dude. Unsettling. Oh there we go. There we go. Raker getting it. Uh, Alien Isolation at nine. Dead Space at ten. Like, Nothing wrong with Dead Space. It's funny because I don't remember Blood. You you're the one playing it at uh, Easy Living, right? Mm -hmm. I don't remember getting too terribly scared at that game though. I, uh, it takes a while for takes a while. that game yeah. to really get into the alien stuff. Like I think that yeah. was the thing. Is like I yeah. was just starting to get into it at Easy Living. Gotcha. We've, we've okay. actually we've actually this has come up. up this month when we've yeah. been picking stuff to yeah. play for our well, marathon stream and yeah. our Halloween stream. We were like, oh, isolation, and we always were like, now it, it comes up, and then you remember it just doesn't stream well. The E three um, demo, whatever demo I played somewhere was like scary enough, and man, it was yeah. hilarious because like last night I just watched uh, Maximilian dudes playing through it as well. 
And anytime he gets this, I love, I love it, man. Whenever he gets to a point where he's actually scared, he goes, "This game fucking sucks." Man. <laughs> yeah. so, it's like, like I know that feeling. And <laughs> it's yeah, like goddamn alien, go away, leave me alone. Hubert and I disagree a bit on isolation, but Hubert, what they're man, the, the the tensest moments of my playthrough, how far I got in isolation, are every when step it's is creeping like, through the dark, man. Yeah. <laughs> every step is is not good. Um, Hubert, I know. Just more more emotions that you're tied to these projects. Evil Within or Fear? The first Fear. Oh, it's Evil Within. They're right next no to each question. other. Evil Within wins. At 12, nice. Fear's at 13. Nice. Uh, and finally, Amnesia, The Dark Descent versus Number, Fatal yeah. Frame. Fatal Frame 1. I would have thought 2. Crimson Butterfly usually edges out of the stuff. Fatal Frame. Amnesia, the first one to me, is number one scary by far. Fatal Frame beats it on Ranker.com at for 15, Amnesia at 16. Just under PT. All these games people are considering. Jeez. A lot of nostalgia I'm feeling from this list. Yeah. But it's fun to talk about these games. Uh, PT, you'll get the nostalgia will come because so much time will pass. <laughs> like, again, five or ten more years. Mm-hmm. PT, iconic. More horror talk from Happy Gaming. Hey there, allies. I love horror. But my girlfriend absolutely does not. Don't get me wrong. She gets into the Halloween spirit just like I do. But it's more into the fall vibes, the cozy seasonal stuff, which I love too. We just can't see eye to eye in getting her into the spookiness of the season. This just means I'm usually flying solo for things like Outlast or The Shining. This is all well and good, but it's really tough to find movies and especially games that have Halloween coziness without the spookiness Mm -hmm. attached. Do you have any recommendations for non-scary games to play during the Halloween season? Love and respect. Brian from Happy Gaming. The other end of the spectrum. Costume Quest, Pumpkin One and Jack, two. Luigi's Mansion. About Pumpkin Jack, you get to play that? Medieval. The new, re- the new remaster of Medieval. I played the first, thing. like, 20 minutes of Pumpkin Jack. It's sweet. Nice. What was the what was the co-op game? Hide and Shriek? Majora's Mask. Oh, right. Hide Majora's is... Mask, dude. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes, Damiani. Zelda's definitely known for things that shouldn't be that scary being that scary. You know, just really things grabbing you and just weird sound effects and... Um, yeah, Costume Quest Bully 1 Bully the but, Halloween oh, chapter, the, uh, Jones. The Luigi's Mansion, you brought that up to And the, today. Yep. the Halloween chapter of Bully is pretty quick. You can play three hours of Bully and you'll get there um, and, be, and play through all of it. And Blood, I completely mentally blocked what you just said, sorry. Uh, Luigi's Mansion, you oh, brought course. it up in yeah, Syndrome yeah. this week. Yep. Uh, all three really of those. Good. Tried to track down Zombies Ate My Neighbors. It, there was no, I think it's on Wii Virtual Console, but there's no like PC port of that or something. Or, oh, it's yeah. a bummer. Yeah, but we've got it on the Virtual Console. It'd be funny if that was yeah. on GOG or something else. Uh, but yeah, good picks. Thanks, gents. There's also uh, Life is Strange, one of the episodes, I think. The first game, Bloodworth. Mm. Maybe when you go to like the school party. Isn't it set during Halloween? Hmm. I, I feel like it is. I feel like mm. it is. Don't recall. It's like a Halloween party. Or Spider-Man, dude. Oh, there's a, yeah, that's a little later, though. That's about 60% <laughs> yeah, of the true, way through that true, campaign. True. But that, true. yeah, it's definitely a highlight. Uh, yeah. From Nathaniel Howe. Dear these allies, I'm thinking about open world games. Oh, are you, Nathaniel? I'm just finishing up Ghost of <laughs> oh. Tsushima, and it's been fantastic overall. However, that's right, I moderate this podcast. Thank you very much. However, I saw the gameplay demonstration in the lead-up to its release, and when they opened the map, I quickly noticed our best friend and took a big sigh. And it was our good old friend to open world games that either fills you with an enormous amount of dread or a sense of wonder and excitement. The question marks. My fear going into this game was that it would be filled with so many that it would turn me off playing, and as a result, the open world would burn out. Do question marks on the game map actually incentive exploration or simply give you a list of things to do love and respect nathaniel howe the blue mountains australia y'all know how i feel <laughs> it really really depends on the game i thought Ghost sure, of Tsushima yeah. did it so well a lot of that is with navigation the wind mechanic you could seamlessly go to these 
checkmark things on the map and you just didn't like you didn't have to constantly open your map and check it or you're not like staring at your mini map you know you're still in the world running around and I think that that's huge for me because you know traditionally some open world games even like the witcher it's like it becomes so mechanical it becomes just like open your map click the waypoint run over do it and I think not relying on a mini-map just allowed me to immerse myself more in Ghost of Tsushima. So it, it was more relaxing. You know, it was less stressful just without having to open up and do all that. Yeah, I think it's good to have some, some kind of goals sometimes to point you in a direction. But I, I definitely don't like it when everything is, is on there. Sure. Um, Assassin's Creed has been doing, been trying to mix it up with like, you know, and, and like even giving people options. Like, do you want to be more guided or less guided? And, you know, and so like when I did my uh, Valhalla preview, it was like there was one point in, in in the scenario where it's like, all right, he's he's hiding out, you know, where these two rivers intersect. And so like then you've, you've still got to like open up your map and look at it and figure out where the river names are and all of that. And it essentially is the same thing. But there's a little bit more, uh, there's a little bit of a puzzle almost to it. Like it's, there's a little bit more interaction on your part to be like, okay, I'm going to scout this out and figure this out. Um, and I don't think that's the best example, but I, I, I definitely appreciate when I can run around the map and I can happen across something that has not been pointed out to me, and there's something really cool there. And you know, especially if you know, it leads into some kind of detective quest or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, and and that kind of thing, too. Like, if you're trying to follow a, a trail of clues and then it's, like, all pop up on your map at, as soon yeah. as you start, like, the, what's what's the point of this? Right. You just, totally. You're just giving me breadcrumbs. I really hope Cyberpunk does some awesome things that I have not really experienced with side quests, you know? I hope, mm -hmm. that they, they, I hope they push that forward. Yeah, I it's I keep thinking of you. You've been in my head a lot of my time during Watch Dogs Legion, which I'm reviewing as soon as humanly possible this week. But uh, the embargo is this week, and uh, I think about you, Huber, being you know Bloodworth was like, yeah, you take over these districts, and you're like, no, you know, you're like just something that when you suggest an open world game, all I can think of is the other eight times I have to do it. I don't mind that stuff. I love when that stuff gets added to my list. But it is fascinating because Blood, you're basically describing Breath of the Wild. Like to me, that was the big thing. Like mm -hmm. all open world games were based on you go here, person tells you thing, you go do thing, you go back. Breath of the Wild's like go, <laughs> just go. There's no, there's no, like the preferred order is backwards, is you finding the thing and then finding who asked you to go there or whatever you need to do. Um, and so it's I, it's interesting to see some people are just blatantly you know Genshining it and they're just copying that. But it's interesting to see open world games kind of try to learn how to mm -hmm. apply that dynamic to the systems that they want to build. And yeah, and I like the way Ghost did uh, Fog of War world map, you know? I think mm, contextually yeah. it's really smart because mm. the island got invaded and you're kind of like pushing back mm -hmm. to go further and reveal more. So every time you do one of those check marks, it kind of reveals a little more. Um, I will say there were a few too many fox dens, you know, just a few too many of the same activity, but for the most part... Really, really awesome. Man, it's well, just finding yeah. that sweet spot of like having a lot to do mm -hmm. to distract you, but not too much. When I look at those maps where you like 
change the color when you physically occupy the corner of the map. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta turn my brain off. I had to, t- I did, I had to stop playing Ghost Recon. Not Wildlands. What was the day? I don't even breakpoint. Breakpoint. I had to stop because uh-huh. I was just doing that. I was just, I was just driving boats around islands just to like make it all light gray. You know, and like, Huber, I'll finish a, I'll finish a burrow in, in Legion, and I'll literally, it'll do a zoom out, and they're like, you're done with the burrow, and there's just one street that's dark gray, and I'm like, fuck. Unacceptable. Uh-huh. Park it, get in a motorcycle, drive over, just one. drive down the street. There's no achievement. So there's no trophy. There's nothing. Yeah. Just me being uh, a Forza, man. Forza Horizon 4 will do that to you, too, Jones, because mm-hmm. it's like, when you're driving around, like, every road you're on, it will turn white, gray to white. Oof. <laughs> Uh, really quick, I think this is very next-gen focused and very uh, relevant to all of our interests. From Sean Dupree, all eyes on the Allies. Just a quick question. As the console generation winds down, I'm finding myself looking at my PS4 controller and realizing I only played one game which utilized the touchpad, Killzone. What are some games that use the touchpad in an interesting way? Thanks, Sean. I don't know about interesting, but Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost man. Ghost of in the wind. Yeah, wiping your sword yeah. off in the wind. Two things right there. Like, mm-hmm. done with a great duel. Boom. Wipe that sword off. Just felt so good. So And sweet. yeah, the, that, that wind and stuff. Like, that was, that was really good. I mean, th- I mean, this is a company specifically making a PlayStation product. You know, Hubert, did Naughty Dog do anything interesting this gen with that touchpad? <laughs> they just skip it. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember Naughty Dog. The one so. that comes to I mind think of the most. Tearaway. Yeah, Tearaway would have been. Tearaway was awesome. Yeah. Um, but the uh, Astrobot uh, rescue mission in VR yeah. with the shurikens, yeah. like that felt really good. Um, yeah, I, I think more subtle things like that. I'm trying to remember what else there was. I do know some try to like have you slide around and draw or point every, every and now and like then that. in dreams i use it because you can if you have a 3d object you can anywhere mm. you just brush on there it'll move that object uh, and every now and then it's like so close i'll just be like <laughs> like there you go nailed it that's it whereas like d-pad would do like a big click and like that's not you know just want to move it a little bit or it's just kind of fun to if you're less setting up you know right angles everywhere and you just kind of artistically want to move something and see it from all angles it's kind of fun to to do it that way but yeah as we talk about all sorts of fun innovations in controllers it's it's important to look back at the last gen and see which ones they were touting and we were like look at that because we love the dual shock for I, I love it so much but yeah that is a thing certainly that and yeah and it's interesting lot. that you know they they kept it they you know that, mm-hmm. that touchpad's still there on the ps5 remember when uncharted one came out and you had to throw grenades mm-hmm. with the six <laughs> axis I think they they definitely patched it later. I don't know if I, I don't think I, I don't, I don't think you could change it, it at way. launch. But yeah, 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 yeah you away later. Launch, no. Yeah, so, you could not. Oh, I, I never did yeah. deal with that crap. <laughs> so funny. Thank you, thank you for that. Time for bets. Next week's bet. Two days from now is Halloween. On Halloween night. At 7 p.m. roughly, around the time we should record this podcast, 48 hours from now, I will go to twitch.tv. I will look up Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope. How many different channels will be streaming this? Not how, not what will the top stream be, not how many people will be watching it. How many different people will decide that's the way that they want to spend their Halloween night is streaming uh, Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope. For reference, right before we recorded this podcast, I checked and it was about 160, something around there. You got to count that manually. If anybody knows how not to count that manually, let me know. Next week, I'm going to be scrolling a lot and counting that. Oh, um, man. What do you think, Huber? How many people? How many different channels? 300 and 
45. Nice, little boost. More than double, says Hubert. Damiani, how many? Uh, 50. Fifth going down. Mm. People are playing Amnesia. Bloodworth, how many? Yeah. I'm saying 220. A L- little, okay. little bump from today, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm a bit too crazy. Fascinating. 222 was my Ooh. bloodworth. Oh my gosh. So, okay. What? All right. Around okay. there, we want to try. We're distant enough from Damiani, I'm hoping I it just goes up. Yeah, if it goes up by one, we got it. We secured that one, so good. Good bet in there. But I also that just that Huber. I want it to be that. I want to win this bet, Huber, but I also want them to do well. Um, and keep in mind, those are, there could be 300 of those that are just one viewer. It's how many different channels are going to be checking that out. Last week's bet, Transformers Battlegrounds, uh, launched on October 23rd. I wanted to know this time, this week, where will Optimus Prime rank on <laughs> oh Google Trends? Oh my gosh, Trends? this bet. Um, last week he was at 67. He was at 70 the week before that. Uh, Daniel Bloodworth bet 82. Brad Ellis bet 77. Michael Damiani bet 85. I unenthusiastically bet 68. Just one higher than he was previously. Let me refresh it right now. Checking the past seven days worldwide. Uh, he is currently at 66. Optimus Prime, October 29th, 2020 at 9 p.m. He is at 60. Oh, wait. No, he's moving. No, he's at 66 now. Yeah. Uh, so that would be closest to me. Yeah. Jones. Double check. Somebody please double check this. Some people were calling me suspect. Huber, the bet last week, which you can back up oh, because yeah. you played Catch. Amnesia. How long until Amnesia until I heard dialogue? And they mm-hmm. had a, they had the screen that was the equivalent of all this game ex- contains scenes of explicit violence and gore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't consider the game. You know, the game means a cutscene. The game means... Right like, when you p- push start. Right. Well, you press start and then it says the following game contains scenes of explicit violence was, and gore. What basically. was our it was like, it was worldwide? Like, it was like, wear headphones, think this way, here's how you should play this game. That and, then you, and then there was a loading bar and then... It played because that loading bar is like how long would that loading bar be different for me for you different console you know it's like it's tough. What were your settings again? Some people called me. Jones called me out on it. Settings for what did we say the settings for for Optimus Prime? Uh, worldwide last seven days was what I looked at. Past seven days worldwide. Optimus yeah, I think Prime, when you, the uh... fictional character, not just the words Optimus Prime, but and specifically. Then you were talking about right now or at seven p.m. At this moment, at nine p.m. 9 p.m. I'm seeing I'm seeing 60 right now. Well, I still win. Still very low. Sure. At the low score. Win. But it, Jones, it's I the same thing you, where it does uh, these peaks. Yeah. I think when you Blood hit Worth play. trying to take the win away from his teammates, a really interesting twist uh, in the drama of the You told me to check. Saga. The mole. Just kidding. Huber, sorry, what? I think when you click play, that's when uh, the timer traditionally starts. All right. If, but, we win, uh, if we win by one point this year, Huber, yeah. we can hash it out. But uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, even just with this win. Thank you for correcting the scores, Kevboard Arts. With my win brings us to Jovial Penguins 15. Astonished <laughs> 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 Scorpions 13. <gasps> We're two away, man. That's, we win the same bet. That's one bet. We can't win this next one that way, but... So we're still we're there. There have been some years we've dropped out of bets by this point, but we're yeah, we, we, we actually close. There. we actually could, yeah. Jones. It would just be really, really next to impossible. That's why Making that wins important to me. You know, in the comments because on Patreon on social media, let me know if I won that bet last week. It would have the, to be two hundred and twenty-one, and then we yeah. both win the bet. Right? Might have to might have to consult the council on no, that we're one. We're not winning yeah. that. Oh yeah, <laughs> we would win the bet if it was two twenty-one. <laughs> the equidistant. Yeah. Or we don't. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. These things are tough. The rules are tough. Let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies. 
That's where you want to go if you would want to support the Easy Allies. Let me tell you, you're supporting the Easy Allies just by listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast on a Sunday, if that's usually when you get the Easy Allies podcast, you can get this podcast two days earlier for $5 on our Patreon. You also get access to the Patre- to this podcast by submitting things for Silver Lining, which we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, and questions, games, concerns, anything you want to let us know about your corner of the gaming world in love and respect, our weekly Q&A segment. Patreon.com slash Easy Allies is where you can go. We had a patron party last week. A lot of fun stuff to check out. But that's where I'm going to end it. I also want to mention the shout-out tier. 250 is our top, top tier at patreon.com slash easyallies. We have three people that we love dearly at this tier, and we're going to shout them out right now. Blood, you're going first. I'm going after you, then Huber, then Damiani. That is the order. Are you ready? Huber, you can be, mm-hmm. you can be close. You don't have to be louder oh if you're close. You get Huber. so close. Your proximity to the camera and microphone are giving me <laughs> hives right now. Shout-out to Caleb Toki Crawford, L. Fanis, and Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Thank you, Huber. I had no idea where my placement was, so I just winged that one. No, you, you, were, you nailed it. You were good. Yes. <laughs> that's, the th- that's the thing about you, Hubert. You never pay attention, but you always know. I don't know how it happens. You, never, you don't take notes, but you always show up where you need to be. You know? Yep. Yep. I like that. I started I'll the Zoom call for this podcast, and it's like, is Huber going to... There he is. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. We'll see. Keep you on your toes. I get to promote any Easy Allies video I'd like to promote. I get the final word on anything I've disagreed with once a reiterator just popped into my head. And I get to sign off with my trademark sign-off. Um, what video would I like to promote? Hey, you know what? Budworth's worked really hard. He's worked really hard on Next Gen. He's worked really hard. Uh, I want to I want to promote your unboxing, just all of your unboxing stuff, Blood. You, you've gone in to the studio. I've completely distanced myself because I'm living in a, a rental and I got a small child and I'm reviewing Watch Dogs Legion. I was just like tiptoeing away from all of those scheduling notices that happened around that stuff. But uh, you really went in. And of course, you know, Damiani, you've been working very hard on that as well. But uh, specifically those Bloodworth videos. Get into those comments. Support this man <laughs> and his... And his uh, uh, unboxing efforts. Unboxing something we don't really do that often. Damiani, you and I unboxed the Switch. I have fond memories of that yep. in my garage. But, uh, we yeah, when Bloodworth from... said uh, the horizontal, I've still been thinking about this comment from two hours ago, said it was uh, wobbly. Yeah, the PS5 is wobbly when you... I don't think that PS... the PS5 is not wobbly, but it's just like the base itself. It's giving me anxiety, Blood. It, it's... It, if you pick up the console with the base attached horizontally, it, it kind of flops a little bit. <laughs> But when you put it down, it's solid. (laughs) It's just weird to pick it up, yeah. The flopping. (laughs) Flopping? PS5 flopping. Seriously. (laughs) When you put it on the bottom, there's a screw, so you screw it in. But when you put it on the side, there's just this weird little clip. So... What are the memes going to be, Huber, when these consoles finally come out? When people open their own boxes and we we just miss these jokes. Damn it, we could have written that meme. My favorite of all time so far is the two movers... Moving the PS5 like it's a giant couch. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Adam Boy's shout out uh, his Halloween costume is a PS5. He built it out of cardboard. It looks great. Uh, final word. Look, this I deal with this every year, and it's just something, you know, uh, that emotionally I have to deal with. And I just I just want to say out there for all the haters, it's fine if you don't like candy corn. It's fine, you know. But it's just something about you know what I don't like. That's odd. You know what I don't like. That's super strange. Pie. I'm just not a big pie fan. 
You got your blueberry Whoa. pie, your apple pie. Yeah, it's weird. Cherry pie. Nah, it's just don't, you know. You, you, you put your fork in this breaded thing and all this weird fruit juice comes back, bubbling. And it's just some parts of it are cold, some parts of it are hot. I don't know. I've had good pies before, but I'm just not a big pie fan. Do I rant about pies? Do you hear me all the time on Cup of Jones and the podcast going on and on about how much I hate pies? No, man. You like pie? Go eat pie right now. You deserve pie in 2020. You go out there and you make yourself happy. For some reason, me liking candy corn is wrong. Like the world, like people are like, uh, no. <laughs> the fact is that candy corn's bad. There are no facts. Things are good or bad. You you eat whatever barbecue sauce you want to eat. You eat whatever pie you want to eat. If you I'll like eat that candy corn, on pizza. If you like get candy into corn, these crazy food debates, yeah. Please, that's a whole nother. We'll, we'll, I gotta win <laughs> one more bet, and then we can talk about pineapple on pizza. Have a happy Halloween, everybody. Enjoy your candy corn. Cheers. Was it Bowser's, uh, oh my gosh. Big Blast. You need to wait to announce your date. The Easy Allies would like to thank our Patreon podcast producers. We apologize in advance for all the ally names we are about to misspell and mispronounce. Caleb Togi Crawford, L. Thanis, Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering. Walker Hope, Nick, Mark Dalga, Will Schmuck. Sigma, Robert Stoffel, Zachary Wingate, Thomas Wiginton Jr., Dave Red, Paulo Costabel, Discarded Digit, Ali Cat, Damnable Nook, Jay Shee, Happy Gaming, Miguel Rivas, Valmar, Blue Water Blue Sky, Daniel Portillo, Jose Gutierrez, Alex AI, Rob Bob Will, Beaten Down Brian, Chum Nguyen, Roy Sung, Lakota1010, Yasser Kurbushi, Jeff ZOVGM Easton, Bradley Spees, Hayden Hargraves, G. Levin, Matthew Pauling, G. Ken, Gary James, The Banana Forklift Killer, Marcel Markov, Catherine Lai, Todd Yurkovic, Candy Coated Thorns, Hitman47, Rack, DRD714, Matthew Holmes, Oni Black Mage, Niz Klojgaard, Jesper Lawson, Jordan Kirk, James Vitt, Sam Hendrick, Stephen Thomason, Robert Crouch, Luke Bennett, Andy Drew, John Burns, S Snake 24, Mango, Richard Johnston, Mark J Betters II, Adam Henry, Brad Grenz, Andrew Stoke, Jake Musser, Eric Crone, Jesse Blue, Jan Tyson, Danny Vlar, Christopher Santis, Strikeout NZ, David Boyarski, Faraz Rizvi, Pete Shoemaker, Reed Johnson, Manuel Thomas, Michelle Nub, Mikey Mizek Novak. Alex Monaco, Paul Bishop, Marco Hernandez, Daniel Wong, V. Kira Ray, Don Turner, Sebastian Urban, Eddie Reisner, Sebastian Trier, Adam Scherenbrock, Evan Eng, Azazel Valkyrie, Junior Motomura, Ivan Ponce, Tuttle, Bjarnar Haraldsvik, Egg Stravaganza, Joshua Vanswall, Tense George, Colin Hoyleman, Barry, Cyberboa, Forrest, Eric Maynard, Chase Caldwell, Isun Chor, Leon Keyes, Chris the Pianist, Ian Anderson, Philip Higdon, Nycrypt, Jai Aldiar, Robert I, C.S. Lewis, Ahmed Al-Rashed, Bonnie and Jason Connor, Travis Miosi, Mike Calvi, Alex Glass, The Fatty Show, DanPan16, Wouter DeHaze, Malcolm Moshet, William Heaney, Not Jack, Mithers Strongbeard, Jana, Anthony Galvin, V8 Dave, Oro Gacino, Dakota Hayes, The Classiest Hobo, 
Misuki211, Matt Karwaski, Liam Ahern, Bunny Chen, Materia Addict, Arthur Henrique Chenaglia, Culinary Stud, Magnus Rasmussen, Edison S. Prada Jr., Tim Mann, Toad Shadow, Crediar, Mauricio Fuentes, Jesse Fish, Gabriel Aberg, Zahid Hosseini Karami, Luis Ibarra, Lee Young, Alexander Zirianov, Morpheus, Christian Hundorf, Brian Foster, Sean Cornett, Linson Wu, General Piet, Matthew Migler, Brandon White, Christophe Fatui, Michael Clendenan, Wen Boshan, Hadi Ali, Aurelien Grenier, Eric Gustafson, Trevor Thomas, Michael Kozachenko, Adam Lindsay, Corey Landega, Pablo Rodriguez, Alec Church, Ibrahim Sozer, Carl Williams, Gustav Strombaum, Volker Bach, Russell Bateman, Lindsay Wells, Jason I, Nefertiti Jenkins, Kyle Quintero, Jesse Vitelli, Jonathan and Amy Alconis, Quinn Riley, JC3, Paul Nolson, Isaac Swanson, Jameson Lapine, Max His Shame Terman, Jethrin, Red Roll Art, Matt Ford, Joey Din, Splontot, Jordan Phillips, Ryan Wagner, Matthias Clare, Spencer Stevens, Jeffrey Marillo, Trizak, Matt Ferguson, Sam Sorensen, Vincent Foliot, Paul Sway, Michael Baloney, Andy Marks, Tim Strothman, XWF Outlaw, Julius Garcia, Alex Lavanier, Ritz1906, Joel Short, Dimitri Zetas, Mazrim Tame, Helen Y, Noah Weinstein, Jameson Anderson, Travis Gakowski, Megadet, Sneaky Gato, Blake Bonsack, W. Crusher, Line Crown 19, Tom Masterman, Jojo Denko, ZK, Jose Carlos Madrigal, Mr. Anarchy, Thomas Blaze Fochero, Andreas Risberg, Dreams of Caffeine, Michael Bisegli, Matthew Holmes, Alexander McEgern, Great, Lars Berger, Marcel Giru 17 Frolic, Erdney Kutenau, Megan McDonough, Glenn Olson, Corey Jackson, Natavia Ross, Allison Burt, Ryan Anderson, Jesse Wilkeson, Katie Garza, Jeffrey Ruchtenwald, Dan Sebring, James Davey, Neil Bruce, Silent Consonant, Craig Happ, Travis Ng, Cody Westley, Cisco Ace Jackson Garcia, Kroldemort, Jeremy Ferris, Clay Roberts, Super 3D Cow, Ahab, Mick Roper, Accounts Payable, Tristan Howard, John Gallagher, Willow Pingree, Andrew Reif, Mikhail Aniel, Blue, Matthew Eden, A Filthy Lot, Neuromood, Mike Hook One, Miguel, Retroidvaniac, Delisi, Matthew T. Ryan, Ethereal Ether, Mo Grant, Ulf himself, Roy Eschke, Nick Waterman, Fishflop, David Wilson, Maverick Lee Back, David Wen, Tim O'Keefe, John Roberson.